And we're back to another Salt of the Streets podcast. This is Friday, June 29th, 5.18 p.m., and this is episode 20. This is episode number 20 right here. The big two zero. Yeah. Well, I am Colin. And I'm Donovan. And we, together, are your hosts on this lovely journey we call the Salt of the Streets podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to the Salt of the Streets podcast, the everyday normal person's podcast where we talk about weekly news, pop culture, sports, and, of course, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. This week, we're going to be talking about the Supreme Court seat being vacated. That'd be Justice Kennedy's seat. Uh, we're going to be talking updates on the travel ban and some immigration updates and some midterm primary election updates. Yeah. And probably get into some bipartisanship talk, too. Yeah. And, of course, so much more. Sarah Sanders, Maxine Waters, whatnot. Everything. Them motherfuckers. But, of course, Both before we do that. Just remind everybody to go over to Instagram, Facebook, look up the Salt of the Streets pages, give us a like, give us a follow, leave us a review, um, hit us up on YouTube, Salt of the Streets on the YouTubes, uh, get involved in the comments. We uh, like to get into some conversation and some possible debates even Yeah, uh, on talks. that social medias, wherever you're listening to this, whether it's uh, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher Radio whatever jump into the reviews give us a nice little review leave us a comment and we would greatly appreciate that it would greatly help out the show and without any further ado we just want to jump into the uh supreme court vacancy that just popped up the other day yeah that one i gotta i have a bit i think that'll be a big discussion so i think that we could definitely do that first <clears throat> i like it all right so i've got quite a bit about to, to say about like all that shit so about good old Justice Kennedy. About everything. Everything. Yeah. About <laughs> so much. Sarah Sanders and the bipartisanship and about the travel ban and um and then also about Justice Kennedy. So Yeah, it's been an interesting week news wise. Big Poli- week. Politically news-wise. wise, I guess, politics wise. Um some big the biggest one, like we said, I think to me anyways, was uh Justice Kennedy announcing his retirement. And uh now we're looking at President Donald Trump getting a, a second pick for a supreme court yeah which is a uh i mean justice kennedy he was always he was looked at lately as the what they called the swing vote and he he hated being called that yeah um, i bet he did this, but that's i mean that's essentially what it was in a in a world where nobody is supposed to have any type of political ties or affiliations or leanings um he was the one person that could go either way which is really unfortunate yeah so yeah, I don't like the fact that that's when it comes down to because you know that the, I mean the the next probably I mean how long do you think this is going to go on? If you had to put like a a timestamp about when we'll actually get a confirmed judge into the seat, um, if we will? Question. Mark. Mitch McConnell was talking about doing it before the midterms are over, so because that um, would be a big middle finger to the to the Dems and. <clears throat> right and to give some background on that right when obama was getting when president obama was getting ready to leave office uh and justice antonin scalia died right he it was his responsibility and his job his duty as president to nominate someone for the supreme court mitch mcconnell uh decided to <clears throat> excuse me i you could almost i think say that he usurped that role 
Like, yeah. Because that's not necessarily his fucking job. But Mitch McConnell decided that, oh, well, we should wait until a new president is elected so that the people can speak and they can choose who gets to put forward a Supreme Court nomination, even though that's not how the fuck it should work, right? It's not so, how it works. So people who are on the, the Judiciary Committee refuse to even – the Republicans on the Judiciary Committee in the Senate refuse to even see Merrick Garland, uh, let alone give him a confirmation hearing. Yeah. Uh, so – Never and, once even got a shot, <laughs> which is something that uh, the Democrat leader in the Senate, Chuck Schumer, brought up the other day is that by Mitch McConnell's own rules and standards, they should wait by. And, I, you know, whether or not I buy this is something else. But he said the other day that by Mitch McConnell's own standards, they should wait until the midterms are over and the new yeah. senators are decided to see who is going to confirm because. There are people who are up that could very well not be there when the midterms are over. Absolutely. I can see the merit in that debate or in that, uh, in that argument, right? Uh, but Mitch McConnell said that it's not the same thing because of senators and not a president, which I think is bullshit because the senators are going to confirm him. And, uh, I mean, there's only a two vote. Right now, the, the vote sits on, on like, Two people, right? Because yeah. the Republicans have 51 and the Democrats have 49 in the Senate. So there's like Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski, right? That are the two senators. They're like that, swing senators. Yeah, right now because they're Republicans, but they're also women and they're like fiercely pro-choice, right? Mm-hmm. Be- like partially because they're women, just partially because that's how they are. And so if they're not on board for what they're going for, right? Then, then that's going to be a tough time to get somebody who is pro-life into fiercely pro-life like donald like president trump is talking about yeah. into this into the supreme court yeah and so let's let's kind of back up a little bit there <clears> for unpack a that a little bit because as they there's say. there is a lot to that um, yes and i think it's it's really important to and i i kicking myself in the ass now because i didn't look it up but i heard it on Shapiro's show the other day and i was like that seems like a pretty easy thing to fact check Apparently, when Chuck Schumer was out there making his his press release or whatever, you know, how they get up in front of the cameras after yeah. their, their little meetings. Um, when he's speaking on the Senate floor or whatever. Yeah. Um, well, apparently, Mitch McConnell never said election. He said presidential election. And so, when Chuck Schumer points to the fact that, well, by your your own rule, yeah. you shouldn't do this because it's during an election year. Yeah. It's and, like, well... And- and I would have to go back and look at the... I'd have to go back and... i got to pull the tape on that the one. tapes, yeah. But regardless, I don't think that should matter whatsoever. Uh, I do think... That the type of... You don't think that the type of election should matter? Or... I don't think that... In a, whether or not it's an election year or not. Yeah. The, the office, in office of the presidency needs it. to nominate a Supreme Court judge. Yeah. The fact that we're going to sit here and play political games for, I'm guessing, probably... Because just because they hold a confirmation for somebody yeah, doesn't mean that they're ever going to get... Well, if they have the numbers, they'll get confirmed. Yeah. Uh, which I think the filibuster rule is still in play and all that stuff. No, so no, they, no, no. They no, got no. rid of that last year so that they could get Neil Gorsuch in. So that's there's right. no... So all they need is a 51 yep, vote That's majority. all they need is 51. And they could even just get 50 and then have... And then uh, have Pence. Break the tie. I don't... In case, yeah, okay, so whatever. a little bit of background on that, right? Yes. <clears throat> Last year. Because this is important because Sorry. a lot of this yeah. shit that we're dealing with now. This is of, a long con. This yes. is a long game. This that. is a this is going back to, you know, eight years ago, Barack Obama era, yeah. a Democrat majority in the House and in the Senate and changing the rules yeah. of the how the Senate works to kind of 
you know, get ahead in the political end game. So there used to be, and there still is in some cases, what's called the filibuster rule, right? Where somebody can get on the floor and talk for undetermined amount of time until a bill just dies, right? Because it can yeah. only be debated for so long. So I believe if, if somebody holds the floor and refuses to yield their time and goes until the close of the session, that's how you filibuster. So yeah. if you can't hold a vote because someone refuses to yield the floor, you can't vote on it, the bill dies technically. And then it, I don't know if it comes back up again or not. But So... Um, last year when the Senate was trying to confirm Neil Gorsuch. They did not have the 60 votes that they needed to defeat a filibuster because if someone is doing that and you have 60 people that are willing to vote to confirm them, then you override the filibuster and shit moves on, right? So last year, because the Republicans did not have the 60 votes they would have needed to overturn a filibuster, they invoked what was called the nuclear option in which they changed the rules of the Senate for confirmation where you only need a majority of the senators to confirm somebody into a Supreme Court seat. So Neil Gorsuch, I think, was voting by 54 votes, I think. So. I think. Um, <clears throat> and excuse me, we listened to he was questioned for 17 hours. And I mean, we listened to that was 12 of it, probably 12 or yeah. 13 of it. I mean, a good, good portion of that. Um, so. I felt like I had a pretty good feel for Neil Gorsuch when he was going into office and then or going into his seat and then was yeah. much different than what I had got from the conference. He's been much more conservative than he led on when he was being confirmed. Yeah, uh, see, I don't necessarily agree with you. <clears throat> I agree that he's been very conservative, but I feel like I got that vibe from him during that. Well, I feel like just he, at the, how how he dodged the questions that he did. Yeah. And it's not even so much which questions, but it was how he did it. Yeah. I said, okay, this guy, he he is playing it very close to the chest. He's very he's playing it very conservative, if you will. And so I just kind of knew that that was going to be a one of the solid conservative judges. Well, and I knew that he would be conservative, right? But mm-hmm. I thought that he would he presented himself like he would be a little more of a swing vote like Kennedy, right? But it's not yeah. been that way. He's been pretty staunchly conservative voting on things, like pretty libertarian about like people's rights and shit like that. So, which you know, like I'm like I said, is not totally out of what I expected. But he presented himself in a way that seemed like he would maybe maybe be a little bit more moderate than he is. Right? I can see that, which leads to. I think not I think it leads to one of like my big problems with this before we move on to my big problem let's talk about a little bit let's unpack that a little bit more right because we oh, yeah. talked about um, the senators being pro-life right so one of the reasons or pro pro-choice one of the reasons that's a concern right is because when President Trump was then just candidate Trump right when he was just running he had talked about if he got into office he was going to confirm supreme court justices or nominate supreme court justices that were pro life and that would get in and um <coughs> sorry that smack would, the table yeah, a that bit. would get in and they would actively try and overturn Roe v Wade right so Roe v Wade for those of you who don't know but probably do even if you don't know the name right is a supreme court decision that happened in the 70s that made abortion a women's health right right as long as the baby was not viable outside of the womb an abortion is acceptable federally in the united states right and at the time that was like 22 to 24 weeks right i did a lot of this research right before i got here because i was super curious as to like (laughs) what the with my wife being pregnant my view on this has changed i have found in just the yeah. Just the four or five weeks that I've known, you know? Interesting. So um, that's why I wanted to look it up because I was just thinking about being pro-life and being pro-choice and like all this stuff. And um, 
So Roe v. Wade decided that as long as the trial, as long as the baby is not viable outside of the womb, then it's, then it's acceptable, right? And at the time, in the 70s, that was like around 22 to 24 weeks, right? Now, because of the medical technologies we have, which is taken into account in the, in the later decision, right? Not Roe v. Wade, because Roe v. Wade actually found that it was as long as you're not in your third trimester, then it's okay. And then there was wow. uh, there was a second decision later, I think, um, in 92, that's Planned Parenthood versus Casey. Right? Uh, okay. And that is the one that found as long as it's not viable outside of the womb, right? And that, I believe, was determined at the time to be like between 22 to 24 weeks. And that's taken into consider medical technology. And now, right, it's closer to like 18 weeks that a baby could be born and will be tiny as fuck, but could be sustained and kept alive outside of the womb with medical technology with machines and stuff like that and then live a life afterwards you know <clears throat> excuse me and hopefully not, hopefully ex- ideally right it's, it's yeah. possible it, it that's a thing that could happen right so <clears throat> so the concern is like i said that when president trump was candidate trump he was saying he was going to actively try and put people into the supreme court that would look to overturn this decision right putting neil gorsuch in there was one more person on the Supreme Court that was definitely a conservative vote every time, right? Which is another problem that we'll talk about after that conservative liberal, this fucking bullshit on the Supreme Court. But yeah, um, so now he has an opportunity and possibly with RBG because she's fucking 85, right? Yeah. Um, now she's that, so tiny. Now that Kennedy is retiring, he has, uh, he's in a position to put another conservative on the court that would definitely yeah. vote in favor of overturning Roe v. Wade, which would give them the 6-3 majority that they would need to get yeah. anything done that they wanted to get done i mean yeah which which is disgusting in in the in in of the fact that yeah the supreme court should not by any means create legislation no. through their rulings no that's that's they their sole purpose is to decide whether a law is constitutional or not. To interpret the Constitution as it's written. Yes. That is the point. Originalism like, and textualism. Yes. That that's, is, what I, that's what I look for in a Supreme Court judge. That is absolutely the job of the Supreme Court, right? And so to move on to this, like we were talking about, in that way, I am concerned about this because I almost feel like Justice Kennedy was the only one actually doing his job on the Supreme Court, right? Everybody else, you can almost always count what their vote is going to be. It's party lines. Kennedy was the only one that you never know how he's going to vote, right? Because he he did vote in favor of Citizens United, right? Yep. Which is arguably one of the worst decisions the Supreme Court has ever made alongside with not to put racism and fucking money in politics the same, but I mean, Dred Scott, I mean, shit like that. That's really terrible decisions. It's fucking up there. You know, yeah. that has just ruined politics as we know it. That's right? one I think a hundred years from now, they're going to be going, what the hell were they thinking? Yeah, but just he also, like, yeah. he Dred also Scott. has voted to to protect abortion rights and mm-hmm. voted to, to to put gay marriage to, into legalization in the United States. You know what I'm saying? So you never fucking know how he's going to vote. And it's not going to be that way. And that's not the job of the Supreme Court is to be completely impartial politically. Like yeah. that is the whole job. That is your job is to not, you're a person so you can have political affiliations and you can vote and do what you're doing, but it should not by any means influence your decisions in the Supreme Court. Period. Like, at all. Yeah. Period. And, full stop. It should not matter that we shouldn't have these labels that, well, there, this guys. is a liberal judge. <laughs> oh, yeah, the pop filter. Yeah. So, so the fact that we even call them liberal judges versus conservative judges versus a swing vote judge, 
um, it, it's it speaks to the nature of how truly, you know, out of balance and out of touch the Supreme Court has become. It's horrible, but it doesn't surprise me, given the given the fact that in today's world we think that we give the government so much power yeah. overall. I mean, you just look at all the fervor around the presidency and whoever sits in that seat to run the government. <laughs> I mean. It We've, almost seems like there should be. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, 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 no. It almost seems like there should be an election for a Supreme Court justice. You know, like for them to for them to put up like ten people and just have a fucking runoff. You know, whoever like through the American public that whoever gets voted the most instead of like you said instead of having a president put somebody who's in place because that's going to be a party their choice yeah. and that's going to be who they who is going to vote along the lines that they want and so when things get brought up to the supreme court then they're going to vote in favor of what the president wants you know so it almost seems more right to me to just have a vote like a straight democratic vote runoff through through the democrat like through the people you know if you don't know what runoff is a runoff in an election is they talk about that in um like senate elections and republic or uh, representative elections right so if you fail to get 50% 51% of the 50% plus 1 vote right that's what you have to get in order to win the primary in a state and if you don't get that then it goes to a runoff and just whoever gets the most votes wins the primary yeah. and goes on so that's what i mean when i say runoff is just have you know 5 or 10 people up there that Whatever, they do a two-hour special on TV where everybody sits down and talks about their shit and they kind of get questioned and go over whatever. And then after that, you know, the people sit down and they mail in their ballots and they vote and whoever goes is who goes, you know? I love that idea, except I think it would all... I, I feel like it's a very utopian idea. Yeah. I don't know if I it would want... would be the same idea. I don't want... It sounds really bad, but I don't want people voting for a Supreme Court judge. Okay? I just don't. I don't. Not people right now. No, no. That's, I, I, I prefer the office of the, you know the executive office making the decision, coming up with that, and then the Senate going through the confirmation hearing and all this stuff. Yeah. I just prefer it this way, mostly because we have a hard enough time voting for our regular politicians who are just normal people half the time. Yeah. And when it comes to a Supreme Court judge, I want a judge who has been. Like I said before, the I want a originalist, textualist judge who has a track record of ruling on a federal level on a nonpartisan yeah. basis. And I, I want everyone to be squeaky perfectly clean and to be completely divorced from the rest of politics. But then again, that's also a utopian idea, I and think. And you would hope that that wouldn't be that hard to find. You know, somebody who is a judge or a lawyer that doesn't have any type of weird political affiliations and <laughs> you hasn't hope. been, like, totally fucking biased throughout their whole <laughs> career. Like, you would think and hope that that wouldn't be that difficult to find. But it's it seems like it's too easy to find somebody who is like that. You know, who is easy to read and easy to pick out. And that's how you end up with... Um, what's her name there? The justice that compared... Was it Sotomayor? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm not where a fan. She yeah. Where, I'm not a fan at all. Yeah. She compared um, the people being detained at the border to Japanese internment, mm -hmm. you know, which I think is a pretty radical fucking uh, comparison. It's an extremely but, radical um, and you know illogical comparison. Yeah. And it disturbs me that it comes from a Supreme Court judge. Yeah. 
who should not be even speaking those words in any form of a public forum. And that's the that's the type of shit, like you just said, that's the type of shit that concerns me. You know, that yeah. anybody is talking like that in either direction. Because it's not like it's just the people who are the more liberal judges. Like the people who are on the on the more conservative will use language that's just as bold, you know? Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't fucking matter. Like I mean, I wouldn't put it past certain judges to say I don't know, quote, Bible verses, <laughs> justification. <laughs> Shout out to Jeff Sessions. AG Sessions, you motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, not a fan. Yeah. Would I shake his hand? They, just a quick aside, they had a uh, interesting, did you listen to any commentary magazine I listened podcast? to all the commentaries this week, and I was going to talk to you about that, and then also what Noah Rothman said about virtue signaling, because I thought that that was really, I don't know if you remember what I'm talking about, but so we'll talk about the handshake in public first, right? Yeah. Um, and then we'll actually, we should talk about the handshake when we talk about Max and Maxine Waters. Let's do that. that. Like tied to this. Yeah. So, well, uh, sidebar. That. Yeah. So not to totally pivot off because we're going to keep talking about the Supreme Court. Right. But one thing that Noah Rothman said this week that I thought was really interesting because it's something that you and I have talked about. Right. He said he was not a fan of the term virtue signaling, Mm-mm. right, which is a term that you and I have used previously. Right. I try not to, but it. And so he said, right. Noah Rothman said he wasn't a fan of it because virtue signaling is a term that is more commonly used on the conservative side of the political spectrum, right? And he Mm -hmm. said, and it essentially means your integrity directly contradicts my current political needs and it makes me uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) And like, that's what he said that virtue signaling is. And I thought about it for a second and I was like, yeah, that's a pretty apt analysis yeah, of that's, what <laughs> virtue signaling is. It's like because because it, without knowing someone's intent, you don't have any way to know whether or not it is like what we see. You know, what we say virtue signaling, or whether they really are just like no, I really believe in this. Like we talked about DACA last week. Yeah, you know, we can we can theorize that the leadership are more focused on the numbers, right? But we have to consider that the other people actually give a fuck about DACA and actually give a fuck about the dreamers and are really trying to do their job and like get shit done. You know? Yeah. But without knowing those people and knowing their intent, we don't have any way to know whether or not they are, like I said, whether or not they are virtue signaling or whether or not they actually give a shit. Yeah. Cause the, that was really interesting. the defining line between virtue signaling and just espousing your views publicly, excuse me, is motivation and intent. Absolutely. And we have no idea. We cannot definitively conclude anyone's motivation when they're out there, I know, quote unquote, speaking truth to power or what have you. But that is true. That I mean, when you look at the rhetoric on both sides, we could talk about that more when we talk yeah, about bipartisanship. Yeah, bipartisanship. That's going to be a bigger topic. Yeah. Yeah, we'll just we'll save that for later. Yeah, um, but I I just thought that was really interesting. You it know is what I'm saying so. So it concerns me when we were talking about Roe v. Wade, right? It concerns me first of all that we have a president that wants to put people in office or wants to put people in those seats that want to actively overturn Roe v. Wade, right? And this is why I started to think about my position on abortion. Right. And this is going to be a heavy topic. And I, I, you know, whatever it goes without being said, but I don't want to upset anybody, obviously, but I'm just trying to be honest about the way that I feel because I used to be, as we've said before, even just on the podcast, that yeah. like up until the point that the child can feel pain, 
do you you know that's your decision i'm not i'm not a fan but if that's what you're going to do that's what you're going to do right so i thought about today as i'm reading here that as it says right justices in casey acknowledge that viability may occur at 23 to 24 weeks right or sometimes even earlier in light of medical advances right so they found that at 20 weeks now the baby can start to feel pain right so that's like the more common deal is that at 20 weeks people aren't okay with it because the baby can start to feel pain at that point right the baby the fetus whatever you want to fucking call it right so my wife is going to be 12 weeks on Sunday, right? That's close. So I sit back and I think, well, and I think in Kansas, and don't fact check, right? I'll look that up. But in, in one state that I think is Kansas, they just passed a law that is the strictest abortion on the United States that's 15 weeks. Can't have an abortion past 15 weeks, right? Mm-hmm. Three weeks past where my wife is right now. So that's why I sat back and I thought, if Jordan told me right now, I want to go and get an abortion, how the fuck would I feel? Right. Yeah. I, we're talking about it all the time that there's a baby in there. You know, that that is like, that's a baby that she's growing. Like, that's, she said all the time, like, I'm making a life. You know, like, I'm creating a life. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, and I regarded <laughs> up until this point, I regarded that as like largely pro life as a largely religious view because it is a lot of time it's a religious view, right? Because that's a very general way people portray it. Yes. Yeah. And um, I think it's pretty disingenuous. Yeah. Because there's a lot more to it than that. Absolutely. Um, and I, that's why I say largely, I wouldn't want to say that there isn't, but mm-hmm. a lot of the argument is just because, because people who are more religious believe that life begins at conception, you know, and that's yeah. why it's, like you said, portrayed as more of a religious, like conservative viewpoint view. But, um, like I said, it started to make me think about it, you know, because I'm not religious, like really at all, you know, mm-hmm. so that's not my deal. I have always, I don't, I don't know when life starts, you know, I don't, I've been talking about it like that because now it's personalized to a point that it's my fucking baby. You know, it's not somebody else's baby or somebody else's business. Like, this is my baby, you know? So, I think that I feel, I think, and I'll have to think about this more, right? Because I just today, I started to think about it like this, right? So, I think that I feel largely the same that if that's what my wife wanted to do, you know, I would trust her, her discretion and like, not like allow because that's her choice in the end, but like, give her my blessing that if that's what you want to do then that's what you're going to do you know i'm not happy with it and i don't love it but if that's what you feel like you need to do you Mm -hmm. know then that's like what you can do and well do you feel now that you have more of a a say does your argument in that situation let's say that you know, we're not going to use you guys as an example because that sounds, I just, it's too personal. But, you know, if there's a And that's couple, just the way I had to think about it for myself, you know, yeah. just to, for me to try and formulate my own view. Like, that's why. But, like, what would you do if all of a sudden that that was a thing? It was a situation you had to deal with. Yeah. How much weight does your opinion as the future father of this child have to weigh into this this conversation? And that's one thing I've always considered is that my opinion should matter because I... I played part in the creation of this child, right? Mm-hmm. But in the end, I'm not the one carrying the child. I'm not the one that's going to deliver it. If I can leave at any point, and so could so could Jordan or you know whoever if they wanted to, but it's most of the time generally easier to argue that it's harder for the woman to leave the child than it is for the father, right? And I know that because my mom raised me and my dad did not. So yeah. I feel um, like on a, even on a genetic level, exactly, it's just easier, you yeah. know. So um, I I don't know. You know, I like I said, I think that my opinion should matter. But at the end of the day, like I said, I'm not the one that, for lack of a better term, could end up being stuck with a child that I didn't want. Mm-hmm. You know, that because like I said, I can leave at any point. I can go and never talk to her again and nobody will fucking know about it. Nobody will ever know. You know, she 
it'll be way harder for her to leave her baby somewhere and never talk about it ever again. Yeah. You know, because there's a record of like who she is and me too, but you know, that's, I just think it's easier for people to accept, well, my dad's a fucking, he left, but like, wow, my mom, you know, my yeah. mom fucking left me and what do I do? So I don't know, you know, but. So that's why Mother's Day is a bigger deal than Father's Day, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's always the case. Yeah. We're always getting the short end of the stick. So I, I said I thought it was super interesting, and that's why I looked up the actual specifics of Roe v. Wade and then and then Casey, you know, because mm-hmm. I, I was really interested in what it actually said about, like, the limits on abortion, yeah. you know. And um, I think when you really boil it down to, like, the very, very base – I would say on a on a more libertarian level, uh, you have two individuals, right, That's, that know. are together like this. And then, like you said, the father has a say in what matters. But I feel like it's the woman's body. She's carrying the baby. She she is ultimately the one to make the decision to do one thing or the other. Yeah. And then at that point, if the partner in the relationship is not satisfied, they can walk away. Right. And leave. And that's the other, you know, that's the the other view I have of that, you know, yeah. is that in in the libertarian classical liberal part of me where I want people to have be free to do what the fuck they want in the same part of me that is okay with the decriminalization, the legalization of prostitution, you know, and the, de- the decriminalization of like all drugs. Like that's the same part of me that's like, who the fuck is the government or anybody to tell you what you are to do with your body? You know, mm-hmm. I don't. It should be a That's personal need, decision, you know. Exactly. And it, sh- yeah. There's sh- no one else should weigh in on what you decide to do with your body. The only exception to that I would have would be is if something like, let's say, Roe v. Wade got overturned. Yes. All the you know can't do that, whatever. And then they tried to claim because the only way you would be able to do it if you were to claim that abortion is murder, and yeah. then you'd have that new. It'd be a whole new level of governance and, you know, government involvement and all this. And then all of a sudden you have a whole new, it, I think you would, you would ultimately have something kind of along the lines of a, uh, that would be like the war on drugs backlash. Yeah. It would be a war on abortion backlash because I don't think would people be would ever alley stop. Abortions and shit. Yeah. Because if you're going to do it, you're going to do it. And so now you're going to, then you'll have prisons start filling up with, you know, Women who've had abortions yeah. in fucking basements and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Which, no, and I, I can not, see that. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's... Because that's really interesting you said that, right? Because up until now, the argument has been if Roe v. Wade gets overturned, then it goes to the states. And then the states decide, and probably 15 states automatically pass a law that as soon as a new Supreme Court justice is put in there that they feel like will help them overturn roe v wade there's going to be like i said probably 15 states that immediately try and pass abortion laws so that they can be appealed all the way up to the supreme court right yeah. and at that point if roe v wade does get overturned all of those states that pass those laws are going to make another law that you know goes with roe v wade and allows them to do that but i think that's interesting that we like i said we said the argument would probably have to be that abortion is murder to overturn Roe v. Wade. Yeah. And at that point, you would have to probably extend the law of murder into like a uh, area of fetal murder the same way like manslaughter is type of deal. You know, it wouldn't yeah. be straight murder, but it would be fetal murder or fetal manslaughter or something. Yeah, it'd be a that, new a new version of yes. you know, a new legal way to kill people. Yeah. And that's really fucking interesting. And I get that. I think that's being overlooked. And I don't want to interrupt you, but well, yeah, I, I want that to be like sat on for a sec. That's for because I that. think... Because I listen to a lot of Ben Shapiro, right? Yeah. 
and I'm not going to say I agree with everything he says. I I, I disagree with a lot of what <laughs> he, he said. He said a lot of wild shit this week. <laughs> yeah, he did. I know. He went crazy on the, the Supreme Court episode. Yeah. Jordan listened to him uh, a little bit and she's like, I can't believe that you listened to this. And then oh, yeah. Like, so you got to weed out, you know, like, what well, you can out of it. Yeah. Like, it's not all great. Like. But from from his position on abortion, he and I, it kills me to say this because it drives me insane when he does it, but he just equates abortion is no different than murdering babies. Planned Parenthood, the only reason they exist is to murder babies. And I think that's totally disingenuous. Yes. And the only reason he's coming at that is because he's an Orthodox Jew, and so he has that you know, embedded in his value system. Well, because right off the bat, that's not true because abortion isn't the only thing that Planned Parenthood does. You know, exactly. that's not the only they thing do Planned Parenthood does. More. They do way more shit than just, there's way more Planned, Planned Parenthoods that don't do abortions than do do abortions, yeah. you know, because it's hard in a lot of states to get that shit done. So, exactly. But the Planned Parenthood clinics are still around. Exactly. But because they are an, an organization that does do that, that offers it that offers that uh, you know service yeah anywhere you know around their various locations and certain ones in certain states what have you but just because of that you know their funding gets pulled all the time and and i think that's it's again it's it's uh i don't know you're attacking something that does a lot of good for the community for you know just I think human race is a general, you know, in a general purpose. But, yeah. you know, Planned Parenthood does a ton of things, like tons of uh, birth control that gets run out of there. A lot of, uh, you know, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? The uh, women. I don't want to say poor people, uh, yeah. low income yeah. earners and stuff like that that don't have money for, say, health care because who can afford $680 birth, dollars a month? And shit yeah. Like that. And you go there and you get yeah. health checkups. You get all sorts of stuff. They do a great service, but just because they do this one thing, in a few places, let's just pull all their funding. And I, I hate the fact that that's generally the argument used to do that because that's there's bullshit. so much more than that. Maybe let's just say, I have no idea, but we'll just say it's 10% of what they do. Well, and they do like cancer screening and stuff and yeah. shit like that too. Like there's a lot of stuff that they offer that, like you said, for low income people that couldn't afford to go to a hospital low, and yeah. get that done that need that shit, you know, that need those services. Mm -hmm. But, but getting back to the Shapiro thing, the reason. I, I kept thinking about this because he was equating everything with murder. And then he says, you know, he likes to bring that up is, you know, if you decide to overturn Roe v. Wade, you know, because it is, you know, in his words, baby murder. Yeah. It's like, well, then you also have to have a legal precedent put down that now classifies that as murder. Because if that's going to be your only excuse to, to overturn, to overturn it. it then what do you, you can't just overturn it and then walk away. You right. know, you have to have, you have a, to expand murder. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why it started getting me thinking about that. Even though it comes from an, you know, a orthodox religious perspective, there is a lot of, you know, secular, you know, uh, points of debate around that same yeah. situation. And I think it's, like you said, it's overlooked and it's, it's very under talked about. Yeah. Know? Which is a shame because just because in the, I'd say in the mainstream media and the alt media, whatever, whatever the main hot button button issues are, there's never very much out of the box thinking. There's never there's never any nuance to any of this shit. stuff. You, you get you get the this side and then you get this side. Yeah, listening to occasionally podcast, you hear a lot yeah. of the same stuff over and over again. Yeah, it's either going to come from the right, it's going to come from the left, and that's kind of generally just the way it is. I don't know why there's not more people trying to think 
empirically and factually about this, trying to come down to a, a, a solution that makes sense. That's why you come here. Exactly. <laughs> that's the that's why you come here, to bridge the gap, man. And, yeah, yeah. bridge the gap, baby. We're building bridges here. Sorry, I didn't mean to. <laughs> no. I don't remember the exact point I was going to get, but that's that's my two cents on what would happen if they did fill that with another conservative judge yeah. and they got that that 6-3, was it 6-3 advantage. 6-3, yeah. So to, but that's I don't even know if they would really do that. Yeah. I mean, is that oh, a this road would, they would really this be would, going down? This would solidify a 5-4. Sorry, that's what it is. It would solidify a 5-4 uh, all okay, the time, yeah, which yeah, would yeah. still get a majority. And then if RBG retires or dies while she's up there, then they'll get another one. That would be 6-3. I'm sorry. Um, but I think she's going to live to be like 100. She's 85. Because she just She's the rolling. oldest one on, on the bench. Yeah. Um, Anthony's 81. He's about to be 82. But to pivot off of that, one of the big Supreme Court cases that we were talking about yeah. right, has to do with abortion, right? So in a 5-4 decision in the National Institute of Family and Life Advocates versus Becerra, right, the Supreme Court blocked a California law that sought to ensure that women seeking help from a religious crisis pregnancy centers, right, would be advised that abortion was a legal option. So that means yeah. that... It no longer requires that any women's health center that is backed by a church or any type of religious organization is no longer required to tell women that are seeking help from them that that are seeking help from them that abortion is an option. They no longer have to share that, which I don't personally see a problem with because I don't know why they would mention it anyway if they're religiously affiliated or backed, right? I, yeah. Because I can I can understand because it was it was overturned because of free speech, right? That they don't the largely the same idea that the baker should have been overturned but was not, right? That it violates their religious rights for them to have to say something that they don't believe in, you yeah. know, or promote something they don't believe in. Yep. So and that also I, touches, if if I could for a second, that also yeah, touches yeah. the um, no, other corporate entities, or no, not corporate entities, but things like, yeah, that are backed or owned by, say, the Catholic Church or, you know, Good Samaritan Hospital, I believe, is owned yeah. by the Catholic Church. A lot of the major hospitals in America are owned by the Catholic Church, by the way. Yes. If you did not know that, just mind blown, boom. And if they decided that they don't want to offer birth control because they f- see it as another form of abortion, that is 100% absolutely their call and their choice to make it's highly unfortunate and i think it's really really bad business and i'm but there's nothing you could say about it because it is under it's covered under the first amendment in the freedom of religion freedom of you know and free I, speech all that good stuff i'm not sure about that i think this just covers that they're not required to inform people that it's an option i okay. think they still have to like offer it but they don't have to like the religious places don't have to offer it but they have to tell people that there are places you can go to get an abortion if you want and i would think that a hospital would still have to have birth control but i would think it's the same idea that and this and this says abortion specifically yeah so i think that maybe they just don't have to say that abortion is an option but i, I would, feel like i remember that and i would have to this is just this is an article from the guardian that just has like little blurbs about oh, different yeah. ones so i would have to do more research into that one in particular so i it fact is, check i can look into that later this week um but, but this that is a tough abortion. one because so. just going through every single because we've had a rash of these supreme court decisions come out 
Because Kennedy's going to retire, and that's what we found out now yeah. is because Surprise. He, I'm sure everybody else knew he was going to, and they're just from, well, and the term is closing in, in July. That's why he's that's when he's yeah. going to retire in July. But um, yeah, it's, but yeah, it's to weed through these. I mean, I'm looking at just the uh, the court decision about the uh, public sector union ruling yeah. that we had. It's eighty three. It's eighty three pages long. Yeah. And so it does take, I mean, if you want to look at and tackle one of these, you have to pick one at a time. Definitely. And you have to devote a whole week to looking into it, breaking it down, checking the backstories, trying to see if any of the other justices made any public, you know, statements, which they don't usually, which is good, thank goodness. Other than their dissents or anything like that. Yeah. Which is, yeah, their, uh, their dissents uh, or concurrent conf- opinions. Yeah, concurrent opinions and dissents. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know, man. That's just the, the abortion thing. It's tough. It's a tough, tough one. And mm. I think it's really interesting that your perspective on it, of course, has changed. I thought so, too. And so quickly, you know. I mean, it's... I say it's... What did I say? Surprising? Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. But it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Because I, I, I really don't think anybody, unless you're in that situation where you have a human life being formed, growing inside somebody, and there's a loving relationship going on, blah, blah, blah. I don't think anybody else... Ha- really has an opinion on that. I don't think their opinion yeah. really has merit. And I think that's kind of where I'm at is that, like, like I said, I'm not happy about it, you know, and I wouldn't be happy about it. Mm-hmm. But far be it from me to tell you that you can't fucking do that. Far be it for a group of fucking men, you know, to tell you that you can't do that. Yeah. Because I think that it's fucked up. Jordan said this earlier. I think it's fucked up to see a picture of nine fucking old white dudes and, like, those are the people deciding you know abortion or like legalization yeah or like that's the old counselor of elders that's, that's fucking crazy like that is absolutely ludicrous that you are talking about a woman's right to choose and there's no fucking women in the group <laughs> that are that are talking about this like yeah. that's crazy that is absurd dog yep. not one fucking woman in a group where they're talking about women's right to choose like <laughs> what the fuck that's that is backwards dog i have a uh a little tidbit to add on to that when we get into primaries because there's some uh, yeah we'll, some we'll get crazy into that later out there. there are some crazy people and yeah yeah there's there's this one in particular it's kind of a feminist based party yeah but the candidate is a man oh my i God. love it so so this article that i have here is from the guardian and i'll tweet that out later if you guys want it but we're just going to go over a couple of these um there was also a decision on voting rights so they could purge people from the records um and in Ohio, and then there was one about accessing phone records that the police need a search warrant to access phone records, including mm-hmm. the detailed caller location history. Um, so that's really cool. Um, and that was centered around that uh, terrorist attack in L.A., wasn't it? I think so, yeah. Because yeah. that was um, the big to-do about that because Apple wouldn't release some of the information, I think, right? There wasn't unlocked they the person's wouldn't unlock phone the or something. Phone, yeah. yeah. Um, and so we can talk about the labor unions one because I'm interested to hear what you have to say about that. Um, and then we can talk about the travel ban and switch over into travel ban immigration update. Okay. Because that's going to be beautiful. Before we move on to the labor unions, have you looked at who the top five candidates for the um, Kennedy seat is yet? Who they're gonna, who the top five? Uh, are? No, I have a list of the twenty five, but I don't. I have not looked at it yet. No. And this was coming from the Weekly Standard, which yeah. is a pretty heavily conservative uh, magazine, newspaper, which whatever. Which is probably it. right in line with who's going to be fucking nominated. Yeah. So. so I figured if they probably have the inside scoop because they are going to be looking for more of a conservative judge. As <laughs> yes, ugh, as disgusting as that is, as admitted by fucking President Trump. Yeah. You know, that he said, I think that was on like a sixty minutes or something where he said. 
when they ask me about abortion, oh, I, well, I'm going to get someone in there who's going to like actively, I don't want to, that's not the exact quote, but you can look it up. That he said that he said that he's going to look for someone to actively try and overturn Roe v. Wade immediately, you know, so, Why? Why? which is, I don't know. You Why? Know, I just to, uh, bash my head against the wall. <laughs> but anyways. To stick to that fucking, that base that got in there, man, to stick to the evangelicals that are. I mean, in all the articles that I read about this, you know, there are people who held their nose to accept Trump because he was saying because he's willing to stick to pro-life. You know, there are people who voted for him strictly for that, which is disgusting because tough, dude. That's I have religion has no place in politics. And that's that's the fucking problem that, you know, not to. That's one of the problems I have with it. Right. About. I don't know. know, I have a problem with the fact that. I love I love all Christians. I love all Catholics. I love all Muslims. I love everybody, bro. Church and state. But church and state. I don't want you. I don't think there should be a thing for getting the evangelical vote. Okay. Every single politician that is worth their salt should be able to tell every single evangelical person out there that I don't give a fuck about your religion, or maybe I do, but as politically, publicly in my office. That has no sway over me whatsoever. Right. I care you about cannot, your country, not yes, your church. Exactly. That's a much better way to put it. I care about my country and your country. I don't care about your church. I don't care about my church. Yeah. When it comes to my work. And it just, it's disgusting to me that there hasn't been a politician ballsy enough to put pe- like the hardcore religious advocates in their fucking place where they belong because religion has no place in politics and all it does is screw shit up for everyone else. Well, and I'm tired of it. And <laughs> you I'm pretty, tell. I'm pretty sure that there was either a law passed last year or upheld by the Supreme Court that like priests and not priests but preachers can speak about politics from the pulpit and they can like tell people who to vote for and shit like that. Like you can and you could used to not be able to do that, and you can do that now. If you're a preacher, you can be at your church and like politically, you know, motivating for somebody. Not well, motivating. Yeah, it's not. I mean, I don't really have a problem with that because it's coming from the civilian level up to the the public level. But if it's coming from the public level down, down to, the to the civilian, civilian level, that's not okay for me. If it's a uh, if it's if it's organized by for just for an example, if it's organized by the greater Baptist sect of whatever you know the 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 group that all of those preachers go to every year and like the convention or whatever if they decide if at the convention like tell everybody to vote for donald trump and then they do that why do you think uh crap i'm gonna totally space on his name now mitt romney moved to utah yeah why do you think he's running for senate in utah now because he's blowing through all the primary he is on his way to be a u.s senator from utah he used to be, what, Massachusetts senator? I think so. That's what yeah. I was just going to say. I think Massachusetts. And now he's running for governor of Utah, right? Because, yeah. fill in the blank, he is a Mormon. Yeah. His fa- he's a practicing Mormon. He's a very, very nice guy. And why not go and run in the Mormon capital of the United States? Because just for the fact that you're on their team religiously, you automatically get their vote yeah. compared to someone else. Is that what he's running for as governor? No, no, not governor. Sorry. Uh, U.S. Senate, I believe. Yeah. Did Senate I say race. governor? No, no, no. I, I said governor. That's okay. why I wasn't sure. Yeah, he was the governor of Massachusetts. That's why I said that. So he was oh. the 70th governor of Massachusetts from 2003 to 2007. Mm-hmm. And then the Republican Party's nominee for president in 2012. And now he's running for Senate in Utah as a Republican. 
That yeah. makes sense. Now we're fucking here. Salt of the streets. This is why you come here. <laughs> you got it unlocked. Yeah. But see, right there, that, I mean, you can go do that. I don't know what the requirements are for how long you have to live in a state before you can run as a senator, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, you, yeah, we know this dude's from Massachusetts and now he lives in the, the Mormon capital. So now he's yeah. got the Mormon vote. That's interesting. I didn't think about that. Because you blind to the ways of the force. <laughs> <laughs> it's because there's so many places to look right now. It's hard to just pick a place and like, oh, okay, that's why that's happening. Yeah. Because there's bigger shit happening. I don't really care so, about him getting. Uh, so let's in. talk about labor unions. Let's right? do that. So the ruling for the labor unions this time, right? Um, and I'll read from this article from The Guardian. In the 5-4 decision in Janus versus American Federal of State, County and Municipal Employees, the court ruled that public sector employees who do not wish to join a workers' union cannot be compelled to pay union dues, right? Hallelujah. So previous to this, if you belonged to a public sector that was part of a union, right, and you didn't want to be involved in the union, you had to pay what was called like an agency fee, right? Is that what it is? Something like that, um, where you paid like a percentage of the union dues that I think was like closer to 80%. Like it was, yeah. it was most of the union dues because if you didn't believe in the political views of the union, you know, because that's where a, a fair amount of that money goes is to political whatever, so, yeah. you know, to candidates, to campaigns, to whatever. Um, if you didn't believe in the political views, you didn't have to affiliate yourself with the union, you didn't have to be a member, but you still had to pay most of the dues because they still negotiated your contract and like worked to get you raises and shit like that. Um, which, which they technically didn't do for you, but because everyone benefits or doesn't benefit from a union decision like that in a yeah. public sector job, you're directly affected. So they thought their thoughts on it during the suit was you're benefiting why you should pay because you're benefiting right. from what we're doing for the industry as a whole. Yeah. And that's not may or may not be true, right? It's it could be depending yeah. depending on the quality of your union. You know, mm -hmm. because there's because, good unions and there's bad unions. And that's I think like the maybe not the problem, but that's part of the thing I'm running into here is that like I don't I don't know that much about unions, right? But I do know that a union can't be a totally terrible fucking thing. Or else it wouldn't exist. You know, if a union was a terrible idea, then it would not be a thing in the first place. Because the idea of a union was for like Triangle Shirt Coat Factory where people are fucking burning down in their buildings and shit because the owners and, and the, you know, the owners of the companies don't give a shit about them. So I know just from history class that a union can be a good thing. And I know that in the United States, it's still in some places is a good thing. Yeah. You know, some. so, yeah. so I have a big problem with people just saying, Especially Ben Shapiro, because he's really apt to say, oh, this is the worst fucking thing ever. This person is the worst person ever. This is the worst person yeah. to ever do this. <laughs> he and, likes to do that. And so he's, you know, we'll say that unions are the worst idea that's ever happened. And I don't think that that's true. You know, I think that, and he also said, and I'll have to look this up by the number because I really seriously doubt it, that unions contribute more money politically than corporations do. Hmm. I I call fucking bullshit on that, sir. And, you know, I, like I said, I don't know whether fact or not. Check. So fact check, because I'm going to look that up. I want to know the numbers. But, but I heard him say that this morning, I think on yesterday's show, that, oh, well, unions donate but way more fucking money into politics than than corporations do. Fuck you. I, that is <laughs> bullshit, sir. I, yeah. No, I don't buy that for a goddamn second. 
that unions put more money into politics than especially corporations do. Especially with Especially Citizen since Citizens <laughs> United. Yeah. Maybe beforehand when they couldn't, you know what I'm saying? But, but I think but that it's the same But corporations are people, man. And I think it's the same idea with unions. That I think that that was the same idea, that unions and corporations could start to put as much money before that into mm-hmm. politics. But I don't know if unions could do it before that or not. And see, I don't think, I don't even go that far into this topic. I think this ruling is an amazing ruling. Yeah, straight for personal one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, for personal responsibility. And I know for a fact because the majority, because we're talking about public sector unions, so you're talking police, probably firemen, fire department, teachers unions, you know, any union that has, you know, that has a government. Who are are government employees. Yeah. yeah. And that's largely what they were talking about. Um, but in in my industry, because I work in the trades, we have a lot of unions that we have to deal with. The right? machinist union and the electricians union yeah. and fucking and, all of the bullshit. And all the different Teamsters unions and all this. Sh- the Teamsters is super interesting. I don't know that much about that. I'd have to do serious look into the Teamsters. Because I, I, almost, like I, almost joined the, I almost joined the Teamsters union once. Really? Yeah. Because oh. I almost took a job right before... Uh, Actually, it was one of the first job offers I got when I first came back out of the military. Out of the Coast Guard? Yeah. I was looking at a, uh, oh, what was it? It was a, uh, I think you've probably seen the vans there at Dana's Heating and Cooling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, what the fuck is a Teamster? I don't yeah, Teamster. I don't know. <laughs> it's just a collection of industry professionals, I think, and they yeah. have subgroups within them for different industries and whatnot. Yeah. But the part of the deal was if you if you wanted this job, you had to join the union. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Okay, well, I'm just going to move on then. Thank you for your offer. I'm out. Yeah. Peace. Because I don't, I don't, I don't believe in. I think that there is some unions that do good. Yeah. But unions are like a a mini government. It's like a micro government. There's elected positions, and then there's all the hierarchy. Yeah. And if you think like, not nepotism, but you know, uh, was it plutarchy? It just uh, plutocracy. Wherever the higher ups are all basically connected, the upper echelon guys, and it's all the, you know, the good old boy system and, and, you know, stuff like that. That's very prominent in the, in the unions. And I think it's, it's a, it's a corruption that is so systemic now that's going back to the very, very beginning of the formation of the unions when they realized how much power they had over industry. Yeah. Which was good in the beginning because, I mean, let's face it. You look at U.S. history around the Industrial Revolution. It was a nightmare. The Triangle Sugarcoat Factory, I remember specifically, was a bunch of women that were up in, like, the top floors of a building that had, like, no insulation. And I think one of their machines caught on fire and nobody could fucking get out. And everybody died. Like, There's a modern-day word for that. We call them sweatshops. Yeah, like, that is one of the reasons that a union was put in place. I vividly remember that. Thank you, Mr. Lant. I will never forget you talking (laughs) about that. Good history teacher. Yeah. What school, what school was it? That was at Olympic. And Olympic. Mr. Lant was a dick to me. Um, and he called me out a bunch of times for like, well, you were probably a little shit. bit of a dick. I was definitely <laughs> a dick, but there was no need for that. Um, he, uh, he was a grown man challenging a teenager child. in class. <laughs> it was absolutely ridiculous. Um, but hey, man, somebody's got to put you little fuckers in your place. But he was a great teacher. I mean, like I said, he taught That's me good. stuff like that and would show us like different cars that had to do with the time and different things that were popular at the time that was just easier to wrap your That's mind cool. around. That's cool. That's he is the one. That taught me my love for David McCullough, right? David McCullough is my favorite historian. And we used to watch these videos that David McCullough would do sidebar that David McCullough would do like a, like a 10 minute introduction to the video, right? Where he would just talk about like whatever it was. And 
I didn't give a fuck about the actual video itself. I just wanted to listen to David McCullough. And I had the first period, <laughs> so I was always in there, and I was fucking stoned. And he would be like, we're going to watch one of these videos today. And I was like, oh, fucking David McCullough. And I would yell at people. If they were talking to him, be like, shut the fuck up until David McCullough is done. Like, you shut your fucking mouth. You like, showed your love for the the audio entertainment oh, form early. I loved early. it, dude. And it was just, it was a video, too. So it, And it's just him sitting, like, in front of a river somewhere. And he's just talking about, like, you know, what he's doing, like, on, like, a park bench. And he's just kicking in, like, there's, a you know, a skyline in the background. I wrote his just, name down because I got to look know, this dude up. Yeah, and he's awesome. He's got this big book about John Adams um, that's fucking like 600 pages. It's a beast. Is that the newer uh, one it's, came out? It's within like a decade probably. Um, but it's David McCullough? David McCullough, yeah. Um, I'm going to botch the spelling M-C-C-U-L-L-U-G-H, of that. David McCullough. Um, yeah, we're going to look that up afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I would yell at people. I love David McCullough. He's just got a great way of... Just breaking shit down that's really interesting. Um, like David Attenborough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, love, I love David Attenborough. Yeah, it's like do that. It. Yeah, he's awesome. Um, but so Wait. when it comes to the unions, right, I mm-hmm. <laughs> to go back, yeah, to, back to the unions. Um, I, I have a hard time thinking that unions are a terrible thing, but I also don't have a problem with if somebody doesn't want to be part of a union, then you shouldn't have to fucking pay for it. If you don't feel like you're getting anything out of it, you know, mm-hmm. and at the same time, if you're not going to pay for it, then you should be able to negotiate your own salary and deal with all those things the same way that you would if there wasn't a union there. You I know? would be much more comfortable negotiating my own future with my boss one on one directly than leaving it to some group of people that. Yeah run this little industry that we're a part of. But like I said, that's that's an aside. Like you don't even need to get into the merits of whether this union is good or bad or just unions in general. You can disagree with unions or agree with them 100%. It doesn't matter. But to me, it's all about your right as a worker to choose whether or not you want to be part of a union. It's the same fundamental problem I have with the Affordable Care Act, the Mm -hmm. Obamacare. The, the fact, the yeah, the fact that I am now forced to pay something for yeah. a service that I do not want, that I did not ask for, that's being forced on me, and now I have to pay for it. I don't. That is no, 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 no. That's called taxation without representation. Yeah. And the only reason they got away with it is because they called it a tax. Thank you, Justice uh, Roberts, I believe. Maybe I don't remember, but Supreme Court made that call. Yeah. But it's, to me. I think this is a it's a victory for just the workers uh, workers freedom to choose. And I, if you want to be a part of a union, go to town. More power to you. There's a lot of people around here that are, you know, like I said in, employed it's a with lot the of unions uh, right yeah, there. the Teamsters union and all sorts of unions. The machinist union is really big because of Boeing and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, Boeing. And I, I think the shipyard yeah. of course is all unionized. Yeah. So there's a lot of different and that's that can be like you said not being able to negotiate salary. That can be one of the problems especially with like the teachers unions, you know, mm-hmm. is that like really good teachers. And this was a good point I thought the Bench Bureau raised that like, really good teachers are not able to negotiate for higher salary because they are on the same level with the really shitty teachers that are just teaching and just getting by and just doing whatever you know but just keep your head down do the minimum amount of work right i mean then you have this whole i think they're called rubber rooms and it's mostly over on the east coast a lot of these teachers that get get in trouble but due to their ties to the union they can't get fired Mm -hmm. and so they just show up to work every day they go in a room they sit down and they read they play on their phone they don't do a damn thing and they still get paid that's bullshit 
that's the kind of stuff that bothers me about unions. Yeah. But, like I said, but that's the same I don't thing. even need to like unions to like this decision. Well, and that's... I think in that instance it would be union, but that also happens with like just fucking government jobs, you know that. that oh yeah. Or even just working for the fucking state, you know. How many times do you like? We've talked about this a million times. You're watching construction, and there's one person digging a hole, three people fucking watching. Hell yeah. You know, they're all getting paid the same amount of money. Like that um, doesn't make any goddamn sense, you know. Why do you have four flaggers here when only two people are working the fucking flag at at one time? You know, because you know, what's those, the fucking point? Like I'll tell you exactly the point. It's. <laughs> It's stupid. For safety. Just it's in case safety. somebody gets hurt, you got to have somebody else there to fill well, in. Well, what happens if you need to take a pee break or <laughs> your, you know, your state-mandated 15-minute break after four hours? Bullshit. Somebody's got a flag, so tag out, bro. But that's a yeah, that's a whole other topic altogether. <laughs> but, yeah, the ruling came down 5-4. Justice yeah. Alito delivered the opinion of the court. Uh, he said, under Illinois law, public employees are forced to subsidize a union even if they – Choose not to join the str- the strongly uh, the strongly and strongly object to the positions the union takes in collective bargaining and related activities. Yeah, and that's speaking to the political involvement because a union, uh, like I said, union has the almost the the obligation Certainly to the lobby ability. the government for especially in, in the public sector of, in favor of the union yeah, yeah because the public sector works for the government it works for the state or the city or what have you you know what uh go i'm sorry go ahead no 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 this is good a really good example of i this, saw the right? inspiration in your eyes really good example of this is the prison workers union yes right? they lobby in favor of the drug war so that they can have more jobs inside of prisons allegedly Allegedly, it makes right? sense. They lobby in favor of the drug war so that they can have more positions in prisons and have more jobs. That is a fucking thing. Allegedly, do the fucking research. That's a thing. The, yeah. the unions of the prison workers, right? Which makes sense. That that is understandable. It's called job security, but man. That's a fucking problem. Like, because that's a person's be, life, and they're going against something that doesn't make any fucking sense. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, that's a problem. I do. So, and that ties directly into politics, which is. You know, again, and, if if you don't want to choose to support that, but for whatever reason you feel like you need to be in that industry, as far as I know, um, you know, because he he did say Justice Alito in his uh, in the court's opinion that under Illinois law, even though you're forced to pay into that uh, to the to the union, it's called to like subsidize an agency it, fee or something. I think. Yeah. yeah, you're you're not actually required to join. Which just is still good. Bees because they're yeah. negotiating your contract. But yeah, just because you're in an industry where that is controlled by you, it now you're you're sense, sucked. Man. Your money is sucked into it. Yeah, doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And how and that ever became a law, I baffles my mind. And I can understand, like you said, the your argument for not to go super deep into this, right? Because mm-hmm. this is a whole other discussion. I can understand your argument against like the Affordable Care Act. You know that. Uh-huh. That it was mandated to people, you know. But I've so I've said to you before, my problem with the Affordable Care Act is that that's like, that's not just a bill. That's like a whole new system. Yeah, you know that. I think if people want to work, then they have to put effort into. And I think that that for me, that was the biggest problem. For I think with just the country, you know, that people who who when it comes down to it, they want affordable health insurance because that's what everybody wants is affordable health insurance, right? But because for whatever reason, they didn't like the mandate, they didn't like Obama, they didn't like the bill itself, they were under some weird misconceptions about it, they weren't in favor of it and just took the fucking tax in anyway, right? So my biggest problem with that is 
people not fucking trying, you know, is just not putting, like I said, just not trying, you know, because you can't expect a system to work if you don't try. And then when it's not working, you're like, well, look at that. It's fucking failing. Mm -hmm. You know, the whole idea behind the mandate was to get everybody to buy into it so that the system would work, you know, and if everybody doesn't buy into it, then it doesn't work. Like that's, that's the whole idea of the fee. If you have a quote unquote tax at the end of it, if you choose not to do it, which is supposed to help subsidize everyone that doesn't want to play the game, but it's still going bankrupt. I don't understand how that was. I mean, I don't, I would, of course it was a 3000 some odd page document. So who's really going to know how the funding mechanism really worked out. But I would like to see the proposed numbers on that and who the hell actually signed off on it because what from was, day one, I I joined – actually, no, because we were working together. When, when did that go down? Because I think like I was in the military. I think that was 2012. Yeah, so I didn't really have to deal with it uh, until no, I got out. No, because he was running, so that had to be like 2014, maybe 15. Okay. That Obamacare got put into place, probably yeah. 16 when it was actually enacted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then when I got out of the military, because of course we don't worry about that in military healthcare in your military as problematic as it is, it's still pretty decent. You don't have to worry about really paying more than thirty five bucks a month for insurance, Tricare and whatnot. Yeah, but I come I come out and I get into the private sector, and then of course my employer uh, took care of their employees, and so it was something we never had to bother with either. Yeah, but as soon as I left that safety net. I went on to go see how much it was and go, oh, there's no way in hell I could afford that. Even with a $15,000 deductible, I was still paying like $680 a month or some shit. Well, and I wonder how, like, what is more, the cheapest Obamacare plan or the tax hit that you take at the end of the year? Well, that's what made my decision is that the tax at the end of the year was 800 some bucks or 600 bucks maybe. That's, like what, that. that's like what the fee is at the end of the year if you yeah, was, don't buy into it. Yeah, it was less than a thousand. Which but, if it's going to be six hundred dollars, and I guess, which is basically less than which, I would have paid for one month, of which I can insurance. get right. But then my my question then would be, if everybody was buying into it, then how much would the cheapest plan be? Because that's probably where that fee would came from. You know, is yeah. that if everybody is buying in, then your health insurance is going to be a hundred. Just to, to pick a number, this could be totally fucking wrong. I'm not arguing this number. It's just to pick a number, right? Mm-hmm. If your health insurance, if everybody is is on Obamacare, right? If the goal is for everybody to be on it, and then you pay two hundred dollars a month or something, or you pay fifty dollars a month. I don't know something that would equal to less than six hundred dollars a year, right? Or you cannot buy it and you take a $600 hit at the end of the year or an $800 hit at the end of the year, right? Because I'm sure that that's what the intent was is that if everybody buys it, then it will be more expensive to take that. Then it will be more expensive to take the tax hit than to buy the insurance, you know? Yeah. For, yeah. If, and I don't know, but I would assume that that's where the number came from or else you're correct. It doesn't make any fucking sense for anybody to buy the insurance because you can just take the cheaper hit. I think there's a couple, you know, fundamental fatal flaws that were built into it because it on in its roots it is a a socialized you know socialistic style plan that like you said requires everybody to pay into it for it to work yeah but the problem is is that because this is america you can't force people to do things like that yeah and to offer up a middle ground like that where you can just back up and not pay into it that's what people are going to do. That's what people are going to do because yeah. generally people don't like to be told from the government to do anything anything with their money. Yeah. Period. 
And whether you're doing it on fundamental lines or you're just doing it on regular lights, I mean, the the way it worked was it was all based off of your income. So you put in how much income you had, and then you got a subsidized amount based off of how much money you put in. Yeah. And so if you made a shit ton of money, you had to pay more. Yeah. And if you made like under twenty grand a year, you'd pay a lot less. But for an average working class American in Kitsap County like Still this, super fucking expensive. If you have yeah, we're dual income earners with no kids. We're dinks. Yeah. And so we have a pretty, <laughs> yeah, that's what's called a dink, bro. That's funny. Dual income, no Oops. kids. Um, Drop the tweezers. But I mean, we we have to work because there's no other way around it. I mean, you can't afford to, I mean, I still live in a garage and we're both dual income. You guys are like a gay couple. Yeah, basically. <laughs> we're married for damn near 10 years and no kids yet. But then that's, that's by choice, which is funny. <laughs> we're just really, really careful, apparently. Yeah. Um, either that, or I'm ill. I'm uh, unfertile. Which so, uh, <laughs> so what do you say? Yeah, I don't remember. We got way off topic because I brought up Obamacare. <laughs> yeah. So do you want to talk about the travel ban? Not to cut you off, because if you want Can to finish your you point, you totally bring us can. into the travel ban. Right. Yeah. So because that's the, another legislation that we'll talk about, and then we'll do a brief update on immigration because we talked about these for a long time, which I think yeah. is good. But oh, um, before we get off that, did yes. you happen to listen to the? Uh, KUOW interview with uh, Rich Wood and Aaron Shannon about the uh, the public sector ruling. No, Rich Wood was a uh, he's a member of the Washington Education Association, which is a teachers union. Yeah, and then you had Aaron Shannon from the Center of Workers' Rights at the Washington Policy Center. I love their debates. Yeah, oh, dude, They're it was so, so good. good. Except Rich Wood had he didn't have a leg to stand on on this no. one. Uh, <laughs> no, that sucks. But it was really interesting. I highly recommend everybody check it out. KUOW podcast. It was great. So, so now let's talk travel yeah, ban. So the travel ban, right? And this one will be a long topic too. This is such a good show. I'm so fucking excited. <laughs> um, so the travel ban, right? That a lot of people are calling a Muslim ban, a Muslim ban, which I think is came out of the words of the president elect's mouth. Or it, no, this was candidate Trump's mouth. It can be taken either way, right? Because it could be argued either way. Yeah. Right. So we're gonna call it a travel ban just for the sake of ease of discussion, right? Um and so as not for anybody to be like, it's a f- what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> so that's what we're gonna call it for the sake of this discussion. Qualifier. Right? So everybody knows what it is because when it first got introduced, it certainly was a Muslim ban. It was all countries that were straight fucking Muslim dominant and those people were not allowed to come here, right? Instantly appealed by a bunch of different states. I think initially by Washington and then now by Hawaii. Um, yeah. And that's the, the Hawaii one because they appealed the second one. That's what it yeah. was because this is the third version of the travel ban. Um, and so the third one got appealed by by Hawaii, the District Court of Hawaii, right, or something like that. Um, and so in the 5-4 ruling in Trump versus Hawaii, the court upheld Trump's ban on travel from several Muslim-majority countries. Um, and the ban targets travelers from Syria, Iran, Libya, Yemen, and Somalia, and then also against North Korea and Venezuela. And right? Chad. Um, and Chad, yes. Um, and so... And not my brother. <laughs> no. Um, Although he is equally warlike. So there's a lot of things that that go into this as to pretty much everything else, right? So like we said earlier, it could be argued either way. Are you all right? Yeah, no, I just I thought I thought maybe wife was home. I thought the the door opening, but no. Oh. Um So like we said it could be argued either way that it is that it is a Muslim ban, right? Um it, to yeah. to argue it that it's not a Muslim ban, right? 
not all of these countries are which whether or not it's a weak argument or not not all these countries are muslim dominant countries right venezuela and north korea are not muslim like countries right they're no. they're just not um i believe that the other ones are but north korea and venezuela are I'd not say, right i'm just looking at it yeah chad I would probably say yes, yeah, because there's a lot of African countries that are predominantly Muslim. Syria, Iran, Libya, Yemen, certainly, and I'm fairly yeah. sure Somalia is as yes, well. I believe um, so. So Chad is the only one that's up in the air. Um, so, <clears throat> like I said, whether or not it's a weak argument, and because those weren't in the original one, but they're thrown in here in the third one, which, like I said, you could also say is just to make it not a Muslim ban, right? But uh, the argument for being a Muslim ban is that, like you said, Trump straight up said that yeah. he was calling for an outright ban on Muslims entering the United States until the representatives figured out what the hell is going on. Yeah. Which you've probably <laughs> heard that audio before. Yeah. Uh, and then also... Been replayed a lot lately. Yeah. And then also last year, Rudy Giuliani on whatever show was said that, well, Donald Trump called me and said, it's a Muslim ban. It's a Muslim ban. Just figure out how to do it legally. Right. So a man who is now part of President Trump's council said that Donald Trump, that President Trump told yeah. him that it was a Muslim ban. So I've said it before and I'll say it again. Giuliani is the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. And that was that was a year ago or something like that. Yeah. Like, that was a long time ago. That was a, a nugget that we didn't even know existed. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I don't know. I just want to say this, before we really dive too much into it, because the intent that you get from the president's statements and all this is that it is a Muslim ban. Yeah. And the majority of countries on there are majority Muslim countries. Yeah. That is, I mean, let's let's just include Chad in there because we need the numbers. We're yeah. talking six Muslim predominant countries out of how many Muslim majority countries yeah. around the world. I think it's about 95% of, of Muslims would still allow to be travel in and out of the United yeah. States. And so I just don't think there's any merit to it really being called a Muslim ban. We're looking at... Without the intent. Yes. If you don't look at the intent. And even then, I mean, it's like, if if that is your intent to create a Muslim ban, it's a pretty shitty mm-hmm. Muslim ban. Because, <laughs> I mean, you're looking at well, Iran, which is an obvious one to me, just given yeah. the state of iran's politics libya is a failed state which is a disaster zone right now syria is the same idea syria somalia yemen is, is in still a place like where that. it's one of the worst humanitarian yeah. crises around right now right? yes uh yeah like still. somalia is a shit show venezuela is obviously in crisis because their communism their communist government is failing uh, uh, north korea no. is north korea um, yeah, so enough said my argument to that right to you saying that it's a shitty muslim ban would be the good Muslim ban that he proposed got shot down because it was racist. You're damn right it was. So, <laughs> yeah, no, and then even is, in the like, third it one. It seems like, especially with what Rudy Giuliani said, it seems like this is the best he could get. You Probably. Know? And he also had to, like I said, throw in, you know, North Korea and Venezuela to make it not look like it's a Muslim ban. You yeah. know, because he... He didn't you, even need to do North Korea, man. They can't <laughs> travel anywhere anyways. And I think that it, you have... So you have to say this court ruling explicitly did not take into account the things that the president said or the intent that it, that may or may not have gone into it, right? Which is not their job to do. Correct. But... 
because the. But I think that that is a really important thing to look at. Whether or not it's the Supreme Court's job to look at it, I think that it's important for the public to look at that, and I think that's what we're doing. You know. Yeah. I think that that is the gem. Is that regardless of what they said. What did he say? What did what does President Trump say? You know, what did Rudy, Rudy Giuliani say that President Trump said to him? You know, yeah. And what to me, he said that he thinks that Islam hates us. Like he said that. You know, because <laughs> Islam is a person that can that's, hate people. Like that's fucking ridiculous. Yes. You know, it's and you have to, as a regular citizen, you have to take those things into account, especially because yes. he's your president. And I would just not necessarily counter that, but I would add to that that. Yes, it is our job as the citizenry to pay attention to what he says and what he does, and we can figure out the implications, and we can figure out what he really meant by it. But when it really comes down to it, the Supreme Court has ruled that he has the authority to do that as the president. And so now it's up to us to to pressure our representatives to make sure that this doesn't happen. Again. Again. But, I mean, it it could be made constitutional. But then you could, it doesn't mean just because it's constitutional for the president to create a ban, a travel ban on any country around the world that he wants. Yeah. Doesn't mean that the legislation can't overturn that and say, no, we're going to pull this law. We don't need it anymore. Yeah. And, you know, and then there's a lot of talk about it, you know, no, originally being right. temporary and all this stuff. And so. And this one still is, right? It's not. Yeah. Or it is not. I believe it is. Again. I got to read through this whole thing. Fact check. Fact check. Is this is this permanent or not? Yeah. Because I don't... It, it might be. Because I didn't really pay too much attention to the third iteration. Yeah. Mostly because I want to see how it came out on the end. Well, and I think that was probably part of... Um, part of the ruling was whether or not it was allowed to be permanent. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just have to look. Yeah, I'm going to read through the... Justice Roberts was the one that delivered the opinion of the court on that one. I got it pulled up here, but I'll read it after the show. We'll we'll get into that one. Yeah. Um, but I just think, again, we have to remember, too, I think, that when there are pieces of bad legislation that get pushed through and, you know, enshrined in law and all this stuff, we got to remember that government doesn't work fast. You know, we can get a really crappy law on the books like this. We may just have to write it out until public opinion sways enough the other direction that we can put enough pressure on our representatives to, you know, to pull that legislation or, you know, change the legislation in it, you know, add amendments to it, what have you. There, There's proper ways for this stuff to get, to get overturned, to get changed. And just because... It's constitutional for the president to do this. Doesn't mean we still have to accept it. It's just right. you can't challenge it on that legal ground anymore. You have to f- just change it in the law. You have to you have just to have a, a the House and the Senate come together and say we're not going to do this anymore. Yeah, but AKA bipartisanship that's tough won't yeah. allow that. That's a tough thing to fucking yeah. But it's just it's important to remember that just because the Supreme Court lays down an opinion on something and they lay down a ruling on something it does set a precedent but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's the end game this isn't yeah. going to be america forever so there whether or not you think it's the end of the world or it's the greatest thing in the world it's not going to be the same probably in another two and a half years yeah. hopefully it depends on who the democrats run as for president but i don't think talk about that in the primaries yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> 
But yeah, it's, I mean, all these court decisions are very important to pay attention to, but it's also important, equally important to remember that it's not an end-all be-all. You know, there is ways around this stuff. There's a, there's ways to fix it. it. It'll take time. It'll take a lot of effort, especially from the citizenry, to actually have a semi-unified voice in certain things. Yeah. You just have to have a majority voice, pressure your representatives enough to put pressure on their leadership and so on and so forth. It's that lovely grand strategy game we call United States politics. Well, and maybe that's where, you know, to pivot into some... Some Bipartisanship? Yeah, I mean, maybe that's where some of these, like, super far-left candidates are coming from, you know? I mean, like we were talking about earlier, Joe Crowley, who's a representative from New York, um, he 10-term representative... Um, <clears throat> Let me get he, my Joe Crowley notes up. Yeah, there. he got he got taken over by a 28 year old. Yeah, um, who is uh, I think like a second uh, second generation immigrant, right? Or her parents came from somewhere else, Puerto uh, Rico, I or believe. maybe she did when she was a kid. Um, no, no, because then she she well she could be running for Congress. I don't know. She's either first or second generation immigrant. Uh, yeah. Fact check. You know, we'll look that up. Um, but I mean, like I said, she's 28 years old and sh- she ran as a democratic socialist and yes. like an even farther left person than Joe Crowley. And he was number four in line in the house of representatives for the Democrats, yeah. I think. Um, so insider trading, man, somebody just got booted. Yeah. Number two for the Democrats, number four altogether because the yeah. house is still run by Republicans Yeah, because he was right behind Nancy Pelosi um, yep. and people were looking at him to kind of take over her seat when she retires because she's older than fuck. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I mean, it's shit like that, that, and it's not just the Democratic Party, right? I mean, because it's the Republicans, too. The people who... You got to remember when Donald Trump, when President Trump was running, right? He wasn't the establishment candidate, right? No. Because the establishment didn't want him. There was a lot of people who said that they wouldn't put him up as the candidate if he made it that far, you know? Yep. And then he did. And now it looks like if you're running on a platform that supports Donald Trump, you have a better chance of getting into office or getting into the primary in the Republican Party, you know, which just shows well, yeah. a push, <laughs> excuse me, a push to the farther right in at least some instances, you know, or in at least some aspects for the Republican Party, which is yeah. I'd say a more nationalistic right. Um, because, again... Well, we we talk about it all the time, but the lab, the political labels we have in America these days are so gray. Yeah, you know, just because when you say right, it's it's hard to to say you know what what type of right are we talking like a conservative Republican right? Are we talking yeah. a, a a Donald Not Trump like, right? You know, <clears throat> well, and that's it that they are more Donald Trump right because that is becoming as. Yeah, I was going to bring Trump, up as President Trump gets gains more popularity, his numbers gain. Right, there are more people. In the country to put people who to put candidates who carry his ideals into office, yeah. you know, and that's like the Trumpian candidates, yeah, and yeah. that's you know when he went and traveled to whatever fucking state that was and campaigned with that governor, you know, he got him right it. into office. Like yeah. so, it's. I mean, you look at you know, remember that Roy Moore situation that we all Roy love Moore. so much. If he if that scandal didn't come out. To danger to show that he, yeah, he would have been easily. What was he running for? Senate? I believe Senate. Doug Jones. Yes, because he was taking over Sessions' spot, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then Doug Jones got in. 
Alabama. But I mean, we were that close to a Roy Moore Senate. That close. And that could have even that could have I mean, you talk about a a lot of people are talking about the blue wave right now. You could have a, a Trumpian wave. But I I mean the current Republican Party is so unrecognizable from what it was in in my old uh, O'Reilly factor days. Democrats man. as well, man. It's Oh yeah. I mean <clears throat> they're both so excuse me, they're both so because they're just so much farther to each side than they were yeah. Even just two years ago, you know, oh, when yeah. we first started, started talking about this. I mean, I tweeted about it like the other day that you know, it's, it is going to go to a point where the parties push so far in either direction that most of the people that used to be considered moderate will get pushed out, you know. Yeah. And they'll, like I said, they'll, they'll make a viable third party that will eventually put somebody up. Yeah. And I could I see that just, happening. Yeah, because especially as the the farther left goes further left and the right goes farther right in the extremities, you're going to have more and more people pop up, and hopefully these these third party, you know, possible third party candidates that that show up won't be more of the Alexandra Ocasio Cortez. That's what her name is. Yeah, she was the one that unseated uh, Joseph Crowley yeah. after his ten terms. And I got a New York Times article that was really interesting here. I'm going to read a little bit of, and it was less than three weeks until primary day. And on first blush, the poll that Representative Joseph Crowley had been shown by his team of advisors ha- was encouraging. He had a 36 percentage point lead over. Uh, Ocasio-Cortez. Well, voting time comes around. <clears throat> and it was very much not that way. It was very much not that way. Ben so, Shapiro tried to make it seem like nobody showed up to vote. Um, and I don't know whether or not that's the case, but it doesn't really matter how many yeah. people showed up to vote because she still won. Yeah. You know? Won by 15 percentage points. Yeah. So she was down 36, then rallied to plus 15. Good Lord. And I think that's those are those Bernie sleepers, man. Because she she worked on Bernie's campaign, and so she spoke the language. I mean, she's a democratic socialist. She said, I mean, she she is a disciple of the supposedly the apparent putting loving Bernie Sanders. I still don't know where that Ben Shapiro Bernie Sanders. Yeah, that's Shapiro's. uh, Whenever he does an impression of Bernie Sanders. He always talks about him eating his pudding cup. Yeah. I think it's just because he's old, but I I still don't get the reference. I, I think it's just something he made up. It's dumb. It is stupid. <laughs> but yeah, it was uh it just shows like I don't know this doesn't you know, I don't think this speaks to the uh so called blue wave that people were talking about a long time ago. No, it doesn't. Because this seem is a different thing. Case. This is not an establishment democrat overthrowing you know just somebody that's been there a long time this no. is just this is somebody from a i don't even know how what would you classify young yeah it's the young bernie sanders supporters they're you know <clears throat> they believe that the democratic, democratic socialism. socialism i mean the the farther left that um let me let me touch on this right hit it so one of the other things that i heard in commentary this week and i tweeted this motherfucker because i was so goddamn frustrated with it that sora barmari yes right, was saying that the right and conservatives don't protest so boldly and maybe 
So this kind of pushes us over into like Sarah Sanders and shit, right? Because yeah. I remember that's what they were talking about. He was talking about. Are you okay to move into that? Do you have anything else? About? Absolutely no. So it's perfect pivot so territory. Sarah Sanders and her family got asked to leave a restaurant, um, a chicken place, and people were super fucking rude to her. And then I'm pretty sure employees there followed her to the next restaurant that she went to. Oh, I didn't hear that part. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that happened. Right. So they're talking about this on the commentary. Yes. Right. Sora Barmari is talking about how fucking ridiculous it is that the left is doing this, and you know this is this is how they. They uh, protest all the time, you know, just really wild stuff. And conservatives don't do this. You know, I mean, the the best example you could come up with is probably outside of Planned Parenthoods. And those are usually just people, you know, praying at like a, at a respectable distance. And so I tweeted him and I said, so okay, Rob, man. Said, so what about holding a giant sign with an aborted fetus on it? Yeah. Is a respectable prayer at a reasonable distance from a Planned Parenthood when yeah, you're on no. the sidewalk outside of the parking lot. Like, what the fuck do you think you're talking about? What do you call all those white supremacists in Charleston with their fucking torches walking around screaming blood and soil, right? If you're going to make the left own Antifa, then the right has to own those crazy fucks that came out at Charlottesville. Yeah, right? but that's the thing. Like, you have to. You can't. Can separate in, you know, that from the right and then put Antifa in with the left. Like, that's the same thing, you know? Yeah. Even if it's a small, tiny portion of either side, like, you I, still have to fucking. Yeah. I can understand where he comes from on that. I think he's wrong. Yeah. But I can see the merits that, I mean, I'll just say that about Sorb Mamari when he talks about those things. Um, I hate him. I. I don't usually agree with a lot of the stuff he says because he's a very evangelical-minded individual that yeah. bases a lot of his opinion based off of his religious views, which, again, I don't necessarily have a problem with. It's just you can't expect those rules to apply to politics in general. I mean, you can have those views as much as you want, but I will say that, like I said, in his defense— the average conservative is probably not going to protest much. Right. It's, but you know, you have a much more, <clears throat> yeah, you have a much better chance of getting a bigger turnout in liberally minded people. And, but I wouldn't say that that bigger turnout is like more likely to be radical than, than the other side is, you know, I mean, I would say just because only they're more active doesn't mean that like, I would say yes, just because they are more active. So it's just, there's more opportunities just, yeah. you because know, like the, the numbers are there, like the women's March and shit like that. And like pride parade that happens every year, you know, that whether or not the pride parade is a protest, it's a celebration, you know, yeah. but I mean, those things don't turn violent. You know, the women's March was not violent, you know, no. things that are like active. I mean, you can talk about different you know, Black Lives Matter rally all fucking day, you know, and shit like that that ends up yeah. being violent. And that's a or, totally different or, ball uh, game. you know, May Day or, you know, shit like that that happens in Seattle all the time. You can talk about that all day. But I'm talking about, like, legitimized protests that people are really trying to get shit done. Yeah. You know, that those things don't often, I don't feel, I don't know, maybe not yeah. often, but they don't. And I honestly, I just, I look at his argument for that. And he's, you know, like you said, if, if, if he forces the left to embrace Antifa. Yeah. You know, if he say, okay, well, Antifa, that's your problem, you crazy leftists, go deal with that. That's your, well, then, yeah, the same logic applies on the right. You got to go out there with the those polo, blood and sand, blood and blood soil, soil, tiki torture people. But, yeah. But the problem is, is that that argument literally has no merit because 
you're not talking about the left and the right at that point. You're talking about the far left and, and the, the far, far right. right. Yeah, the fringes. Yeah, know? the fringes, the extremities. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, that's it's a fundamentally flawed argument at the beginning. And to me, I can see why you would get worked up about that. I frustrated guess. the fuck out of me. And see, really did. coming from Sorab, I just go, yeah, that's something Sorab would say. Yeah. That's just, I don't believe it really has much merit. Well, and they were talking about, and I, this is one of the reasons I love Noah Rothman, right? Because they were talking about Maxine Waters, and he said kind of what you said. You know, he's like, he's like this, Maxine Waters is frustrating as hell. And I'll let yeah. you explain that because I know you're more frustrated. But he said also that. The thing to remember is that Maxine Waters is largely a fringe figure in the Democratic Party. Like, she is not large. She is not fucking pivotal. She is not any type of, like, really anything. You know, she just yeah. is a woman in the Democratic Party that said some wild shit. Who has so been... She's been I've uppity been, lately. I mean... She's I mean, been uppity lately, but I was very, very happy to see that you had a a series, including somebody like Nancy Pelosi, that had come out publicly and, and said, no, 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 we don't. That's not us. She's cray cray. And that's why we're out. That's why I say that she's a fringe figure is because the majority of the Democratic Party came out and, and denounced that. You yeah. know? So I'll let you explain what they denounced because, like I said, you were. Yeah, and actually, no, just keep rolling for a yeah. minute because I'm going to see if I can find a clip of it on YouTube to play real oh, quick. So we talked about. Long. So we talked about. Um, yeah, we got to start doing that. We can play yeah. audio and here now. Um, so. We talked about the Sarah Sanders, uh, who is the press secretary for the White House. Her and her family got asked to leave a restaurant because uh, she worked for the Trump administration. And then, like I said, the um, some of those employees followed her to another restaurant that she went to and harassed her there. And when Maxine Waters heard about this, who is a representative, a Democratic representative, uh, she encouraged this, right? And she said that that's what you should do. If you see somebody out there at a gas station or who's at a restaurant, you should crowd them and you should make a scene and you should do a whole fucking deal and all the whatevers. Um, and we're so going to see if we can play this audio. I was going to try and take a little, yeah, see if we can play a clip here. Might hear some audio interference. Sorry, we're adjusting. No, let's do Super it. Let's see tech. if it works. See if it works. Oh, crap. I just lost the spot. <laughs> there we go. If you oh. see anybody from the, oh, you know what? It's, it's only playing in our headphones. Okay, well, I have but. it verbatim. If you see anybody from the cabinet in a restaurant, and if you in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gas station, you get out and you create a crowd and you push back on them. Yeah. And and you tell them they are not welcome. Yeah. And then, which, yeah, then the president responded with which is dog shit. Right? <laughs> it is so stupid. So, it's but I don't think is necessarily all right. So I got two sides to this, right? Yes. I can understand where this comes from when I look at the president, right? The president says ridiculous shit all of the fucking time. And it's obviously worked because he's the president, right? So it he's, opens the floor to anybody. Exactly. And that's the problem with rhetoric like that is that this is what it divulges the bottom line to, you know, is that it's acceptable to come down here because the president is in the highest office and he came down here, yep. you know, so I can do he the same thing. He lowered the bar enough I'm that just anybody can play his game. Yeah, I'm just a representative, so it doesn't matter because the president did this, you know, yep. and he's the president, so why can't I do that also? And that just sets, like I said, a low bar, a low standard 
for the people who represent us in our government, and that's fucking gross. It is. You know? I it, think this it's will a, be a new problem. low. I think this will be a problem for Maxine Waters when it comes to her time for her to be elected again. Oh, I think so. I don't think that this will be... That crowd size was rather small. Yeah, I don't think that this will be... And then after that happened, she is getting you know questioned outside of some elevator, and she's like, oh, please come to my office and we'll talk about yeah. this reasonably, right? Really? Fuck you, Maxine Waters. What did you just tell all these people to do? Yeah. To cause a fucking problem and to cause a scene, and now you're here being a little pussy about it. Like, you know, respect to the representative because she is who she is, Madam Representative, but fuck you. That's, come on now, dog. That's ridiculous. Yeah, you cannot do that. Once once you cross that line, I any and all respect that you would normally deserve being in public office as far as i'm concerned you just forfeited 100 percent of that you you should probably you should probably be recalled because obviously a politician should never ever make statements like that period <laughs> i like that fuck maxine <laughs> waters face. but it is a good it's a good jumping off point for further discussion on this. Yeah. Because it does just show, like we've been talking about all show, the the insane bipartisanship that that leaks through now. Yeah. Um, and you have you have these little these cults of personality. Because whether you whether she's a big time representative or not, due to the nature of social media and the fact that the internet is around, everyone can hear her say that now. And so, like I just said, like the crowd side was small. And so maybe but in that district, ends. whatever district she represents, she may not have that much support. And I don't know what but district But now everybody from. can hear it. It's, I think she's Florida, I want to say. But yeah, some district in Florida. But yeah, I mean, it's just not okay to do that. And I think it did. I mean, we've seen it with Sarah Sanders now and the Christian Gillibrand. Yeah, Mitch McConnell. These no, people. Nielsen. Christian Nielsen. God, we did it again. Damn it. Thanks for catching that. <laughs> I almost was like, yeah, Christian Gillibrand, but no. that's not it. It's Christian Nielsen. That's so funny. <laughs> she is the the Secretary of Homeland Security. Yes. And Christ- it's to the point Christian that, Nielsen. Yeah. And it's to the point that like Sarah Sanders has uh, Secret Service with her now. And I don't know if that's blowing this shit out of proportion or if they're really trying to keep her safe, you know? I'd say but, probably not blown out of proportion, but, giving... But, Either way, you definitely have to take it seriously, you know, because oh, yeah. you never know what will happen. So Every I mean, single time. Ronald Reagan was like going to his car when yeah. the boy came out trying to shoot him. So <laughs> that's yeah. who it was, right? Ronald Reagan? Yeah, Ronald Reagan got shot because the, the taxi driver guy. He, he was watching Taxi Driver or Taxi or something like that and then yeah. fell in love with, was it, uh, what was her name? I thought it was his bodyguard that like got shot. Maybe I'm thinking of someone else. It was an attempted suicide. On- Who's the guy that was obsessed with Jodie Foster? That's the one I'm I'm thinking of. That's the guy that shot. I think that's the guy that shot John Lennon. Oh, I think he's obsessed with Jodie Foster. No, be. or it's the guy that shot Reagan. I I think it was the guy you that shot Reagan. Might be right. I've, I'm you know fact what? checking all of this. I'm pulling this from an episode of Family Guy, so it must be true. <laughs> I'm pretty I'm sure. Fact checking all of this on Tuesday. Please don't <laughs> look at this or listen to it. Seriously, until you look at my Twitter, because I go. will fucking tweet about this. Yeah, you're really good about that. You get on every single week, and you're tweeting out hashtag I correction. Try super hard. It's yeah. good. We should have a. We're so bad. We need a uh, salt of, hashtag salt of the streets correction. 
Yeah. <laughs> that way we could just, you just look up the hashtag and boom, there's all of our corrections. Make it easy for people. One of the things I like about Dax Shepard's podcast is that I haven't listened to it yet. It's I've only listened to one episode and it's okay. It's really the only thing I like about it because it's truly him and another famous person talking about what it's like to be famous. Um, oh yeah. And so but I like that at the end <clears throat> he has his assistant listen to the whole thing and fact check it and then tell him the things he said wrong. And so that's like at the end of every podcast there's like 20 minutes of him being told shit that he said was wrong during the podcast, which I really like. We'll get that. That'll be our yeah. first hire. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, someone we'll get a just, fact checker yeah, and to, to, to run the phones us. so we don't have to. Right. That's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, man, what else is there? I mean, so, there's so much. This shit is dangerous as fuck. I did say I was going to look up. I was going to say something about the uh, bipartisanship later. Uh, virtue signaling and the partisan rhetoric. Yes. We were talking about virtue signaling. No Rothman. Yes. And the fact that. When you look at the the left's rhetoric and you look at the right's rhetoric, rhetoric, um, yeah, I think social or uh, virtue signaling is definitely one of those terms that the people, more conservative people, have coined to help fight against you know the the insane intersectionality, I guess, of the left that's going on. But that is definitely a word that is is not a good word to use, like you said, because it it implies the the implication of knowing the motive it you know which you don't obviously nobody does except for the person that's doing it and they may not even understand that they may be virtue signaling uh, just because maybe they're just trying to be a part of that that team that tribe but you know another say like a leftist term would be you know i don't know the patriarch or i don't know what's another good one equity Equity, yeah, equity is a big one. Equity doesn't mean equality; it yeah. means equality of outcome, which is not the same thing. No, which is not even um, close also, to correct. Like, because, <clears throat> excuse me, because like leadership from the Democratic Party have come out and told people like what Maxine Waters said is not correct. Right, you need to be uh, like more kind or considerate or something like that right and whatever word they use people from like the farther left said like that is a term that people used to like put down martin linda fucking sarsour said this shit she said that cordialness or whatever the word they used right is a word that they would have used to put down martin luther king (coughs) and they want to put down people who are trying to protest and want to make progress in this nation. And, you know, that is just a cover for, like you said, for the patriarchy and for putting people down. And I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, Linda Sarsour, yeah. get your, your shit together. Yeah, like, nobody should ever listen to a word that comes out of Linda Sarsour's mouth. Yes. She is a steaming pile of human garbage. I don't know that anybody would have told Martin Luther King Jr., you need to be a little more kind. Yeah, I don't think so. I think you need to chill out just a little bit. You're being a little too fucking wild with your, your, you know, peaceful protests here. Like, you're being a little fucking crazy with your civil disobedience. Yeah, you have a a line of people. What the fuck are you talking about? You have a line of people lined up holding banners for civil rights, and they're getting sprayed with fire hoses. Yeah, just chill out. Just chill out. You're too aggressive. What kind of fucking sense does that even make? It doesn't make any sense. Which makes perfect sense coming from, from Linda Sarsour. She's, yeah. So I was yeah. like, yeah, no, I think that, like, you know, Sharia law maybe isn't a bad thing, you know? 
Shut the fuck up, Linda Sarsour. You're crazy. You're crazy. If you lived in a country with Sharia law, you would be dead ten times over by now. Yep, already. I'm sorry. You know, I'm all about religious freedom and all that, but, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say that, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, Scientology, that's a legitimate religion, <laughs> and those people are batshit crazy. crazy. Doesn't mean that fuck. there's crazy, you know, I don't know. It just, it's so... She's so good at just playing <laughs> into the game. And, Yo, side, and why people buy into her shit. Linda Sarsour, I have no idea. I don't get it. Sidebar, if you haven't seen the documentary about Scientology, you totally have to watch it. Was it Going, Going Clear, Clear. That's what it's called. It's on HBO? You, yeah, you totally have to watch that documentary. It's long as fuck, but it is crazy. It is, it is so absurd. Good. Yeah, and if you ever doubted... The South Park episode about Scientology when it comes on the screen and they say, this is really what Scientologists believe. And you're like, no fucking way that's really what they believe. Aliens and all the nonsense, that's really what they believe. Mm-hmm. That's the truth. That's Galactic a real Lord thing, Zenu. Right? Yeah, this this documentary is... Are you? Are we done with this? Can we move into pop culture? This can be like the first part of pop culture. Do you have anything else that you want to hit on this? No, that's fine. Okay. I, literally, I can bring my uh, my good space guy and all that crazy primary stuff that's more pop culture stuff because it's basically yeah. just making fun of crazy people yeah and we'll talk about the space <laughs> force and stuff like that too yeah um, so uh, it's pop culture um <clears throat> insert uh yeah i like culture that. yeah um <laughs> that was a stretch so i apologize going clear right they have people on there who like have I feel comfortable saying escaped the religion of Scientology, right? Because in some cases they really have like escaped. Um, and that's what it's all about. It's just how absolutely batshit crazy Scientology is and the people that go there and like the abuses that they've been through and some really fucking crazy shit. Uh, so if you haven't watched that, you should definitely watch it. Um, like coincidence on HBO. Sorry, I'm pulling up my. It's really, really good. <clears throat> my pop culture stuff right now. I would highly suggest watching Going Clear and then watching the Joe Rogan episode with. Oh, what's her name? Uh, Remy. Is it Remy? No, not um, Remy Warren. The the girl from uh, King of Queens and yeah. stuff. The actress. She was really, really big in the Scientology. Oh, then like shit. escaped. What's her name? That and he had the father of. David Miscavige. Yeah, Ron that, Miscavige. That was a insane podcast. Amazing. Absolutely insane. Highly recommended. I would love <coughs> to do everything in my tiny, tiny little bit of power on Salt of Streets podcast to do to to uh, denounce Scientology. It's <laughs> absolutely insane. <laughs> oh, I we love do it. not support the Galactic Lord Zeno. Oh, I love. It. The body feetings and all the insane craziness that is a bona fide, legitimate religion in the United States of America. That's really funny. It's sad. <laughs> it's sad. It hurts my soul just talking about it. <laughs> so also, uh, a reality winner who we talked about the other day, she pled guilty um, to leaking documents to a reporter. Ooh. So, yes, she was in jail for a while, and she finally pled guilty. And so now she's going to get five years of prison time. Wow. Yeah. Well, she probably won't do five years, but that's what she was sentenced to. So I wonder if she'll get time served on that, too. I would hope they would take that into consideration because it's how long been probably been? close to two years yeah. since she was locked up. Um, I don't know exactly. I would have to look on The Intercept. 
because they probably have some type of fucking count, you know. Yeah. X amount of days that Reality Winner has been locked in jail. <laughs> yeah, right. Of so, course they would. Yeah, an active counter on their website. There was somebody they that we were listening to. Probably. Might have been on commentary or maybe even Ben Shapiro or something, but they were talking about in, the Intercept and Glenn Greenwald and how they dislike them as yeah. an organization. <clears throat> But you can say what they want about their their message that they push, but I like they can do some. They can do, they they break stories, yeah. You know? And there is usually a fallout like reality winners, but it's factual reporting. You know? Yeah, like it's regardless of the skew because it's usually pretty apparent. It's factual reporting, and that's what matters because that's Glenn Greenwald's whole deal is just telling the truth, regardless of whether or not he likes it or hates it. That's just tell the fucking truth, you know. Yeah. I'm sure he didn't love everything that Edward Snowden told him. He probably hated it, you know. But you have to tell the truth. Yeah. You know? So that that's why I like him is because he's just about just reporting the truth, you know, just being honest about the shit. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, he's broken a couple pretty big stories, especially when it comes to the, uh, the, I don't want to say cover-ups, but yeah, you know the the whistleblower stuff that's backfired. You know what did the, what was the stuff that Reality Winners leaked? Reality Winner leaked documents that confirmed Russian interference in the election. Yeah, um, and the government had not said that they that it, they had not confirmed it yet but they mm-hmm. had documentation that did confirm it um, so it's information that everybody has now i guess um, whether or not it's because she released it or just because it was released i don't know but um, it's information that everybody has so yeah. yeah and i mean in the judicial hearings and or i don't even know if there's not the judicial hearings but in the senate <laughs> hearings yeah uh, around all that hearings. stuff i mean all those all the heads of the intel departments they all said 100% that Russia meddled in the election in some way. And so whether or not they knew already and just basically just hadn't told the public, I mean, it was. it's not like they – we don't know necessarily they were hiding it because obviously right. it came out afterwards. But that we'll never know what would have happened because they didn't get a chance to say cover it up, you know, but I don't know. Yeah, because maybe they just weren't ready to release it yet. Yeah, it could be. Or you never know. I mean, who knows who makes those calls to to make press releases and to inform the public about stuff like that. If they would have just kept it up. Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If reality winners didn't blow it up, Donald Trump would have done it on his campaign. Yeah. Um, And then the other thing that I have, aside from shit that I watched, is um, videos of people hiding behind blankets and then dropping the blankets and they run away and their dog doesn't know where they went have you seen seen (laughs) videos of that that sounds hilarious put your dog on a couch or whatever and you stand in front of it and you i'm sure people know what i'm talking about Um, your wife i'm sure knows what i'm talking about and that sounds fun so you put your dog like you know you just sit it down and you hold this blanket above you and like cover yourself up and you like kind of do this like show the dog that you're gonna do it and then you drop the blanket and like dip behind a corner, you know. And uh, are you all right? I got a pee really oh, bad. Okay. As a key, um, hold it down for a minute. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so if you do that, and you just disappear. And my wife really wants to try that with our dog. I'm not sure whether or not that it will work, um, but we'll give it a shot. So did that. And then the other things that I have is uh, we finished watching Game of Thrones, like I talked about, because we're 
we're terrible people. But like I said, we didn't watch. The, we didn't really pay attention to all of it. We just kind of had it on while we were doing shit. So it's not that bad. I know that's just a lot of content to go through in not that long. Um, excuse me. Uh, and I started watching a show called The Jinx, right? Which is about a guy named Robert Durst who was accused but not convicted of murdering his wife and then like murdering another guy and cutting him up and um <laughs> yeah uh this show that i'm watching called the jinx it's a documentary series and it's about a guy named robert durst who was a new york real estate guy and then killed his wife and another guy and but was never like convicted of it just was accused you know and so it's like about him um and it's it's pretty wild and so i started watching that and then i kept listening to the this is war and now i'm just going through shit that i listened to (laughs) Um, and then i listened to a bunch of music this week well not a bunch i listened to the same music a lot um i listened to kendrick lamar the album damn have you listened to that uh, I've heard like a song or two off of it. Yeah, you need to just listen to the whole thing. The whole thing. Have you also ever listened to Kanye West album "My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy"? No. Okay, so <laughs> not really in my first realm. Of all, of... You need to slap yourself <laughs> because that is literally one of the greatest rap albums ever created. Anybody listening to this, no fucking challenge, no question. I said this on Twitter. Don't fucking add me, no nothing. Like, that's it. Like, this is one of the greatest rap albums ever fucking created, right? You just put it on and you just listen to it from the first song all the way through to the end. And that's it, right? There's a song called Monster that I will play for you before I leave because it's so nasty. Um, and Nicki Minaj has a verse on there and it was like before she put out an album or anything like this was like when she was pretty new and it gives me chills to this day like every time I listen to it, it gives me chills it's so fucking nasty powerful it's crazy dog so that's something that you have to listen to my beautiful dark twisted fantasy and then I started listening to Post Malone mm. I don't know how I feel about Post Malone yeah you know what I'm saying I like some of his music but definitely not all of it um and He's like an okay dude, but he looks like he smells like shit. Yeah, I know. And I have like a really like I have a serious problem with that. I have a that hard time. He looks like he fucking smells nasty, and I can't. He looks just like looks dirty, and I can't. If you touched fuck with him, that. he would be sticky. Yeah, he looks dirty, and I don't fuck with that. You know, I like people <laughs> to be clean. So that's a problem I have with post Malone. I can see that being a legitimate problem, but yeah, I don't. Post Malone, I like Post Malone's hits. I'll say. Yeah. I really, I really, really like his hits, but I don't really fuck with much of his other album. Like White Iverson, you know, like that, that sounds nasty. Like that goes hard. So, but that's really I'm like it. top 40, bro. And that's, that's about it. As well, far White as Iverson, how deep I get. <laughs> White Iverson is like his big song. Like that's like okay. the one that put him. So I might have. You've definitely I, heard I probably White know Iverson. It just, you just don't know the yeah. name of it. I'm bossing. I'm bossing. Yeah. No, you know that one. We'll listen to that one too because I don't want to sing on the podcast for people. Um, but that's oh. all the shit that I listened to this week. Um, that's all like my pop culture stuff until we go into sports because I have one more to take us into sports. So okay. let's go through your pop culture shit. So as you know, I live a very, very exciting life. And so the the culmination of my pop culture was – you guessed it, political. 
I got my. Uh, <laughs> it's because we have. Uh, You're so interesting. Colin. I know, right? <laughs> Outside of this podcast, <laughs> I know. Oh, uh, but but I uh, was looking through the Washington State primary ballot. Oh yes, and this there were some really really interesting people on there. Which I think it's important that I think we discovered that I don't get one because I'm registered as an independent. And, and we need to look into that because I feel like you still. Because my mom has told me that before too, that especially for a presidential election mm-hmm. it, during the primaries you don't get one because there's no fucking independents that are running um but yeah. but you, you we get to vote in the general but not the primary um but i have not in my mail i have not received a ballot mm-hmm. thus far um, but i will continue to check because i am registered to vote because i voted at my house for president and everything like that so but this is the first election it is interesting this is the first midterm election that i have been eligible to vote for that I've been registered to vote for. Got it. So, yeah, and I couldn't tell because I, when I registered to vote all those years ago, I registered as a Republican, yeah. technically. And so, technically. yeah, I guess it would make sense. <laughs> technically. Technically, I'm a Republican. If I had to put a fucking name on it. Yeah. If I had to pick a side to vote on. At the time, that's definitely what you would have called yourself. Which is funny because half my votes are for Democrats. I'm surprised that I. If not more. That I had the foresight. To mark independent, and I didn't put Democrat because I'm I'm tr- I'm surprised. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like that I didn't do that. I just don't like being on a team. I, think- I should I should do the work that it takes to to change my registration too. Because I think that's I, why I don't. Especially after the Roy Moore situation and the fact that the Republican Party <laughs> actually <laughs> isn't that so bad. Oh, it's so bad. That that's was terrible. a new low. That I mean, there was there's been this is <laughs> 2018 2017 has been a a series of lowering the bar for the Republican Party Isn't when it comes terrible? to respectability. I agree. That's an apt analysis, Colin. And it is oh, it's so sad. But hey, at least I'm not good space guy. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk <laughs> about some of these fucking let's talk about some of these. This is for our local elections for our midterms, right? Yeah. Oh, so not local, but our state elections. Yeah. And it's this is specifically for the uh, people running for US Senate to challenge the incumbent maria cantwell who is going nowhere by the way but no. um on we every two lady senators fuck y'all who don't have lady senators that's right and our our other u.s senator patty murray she's basically the number two on the in the democratic senate she's almost leadership yeah she's right like right next she's every single picture of chucky schumer talking on a podium she's right behind him her and her big blonde hair yeah <laughs> her big like yeah i don't even know but, uh, whatever type of haircut that's called, whoever knows, tell me. Whatever type, whatever her haircut is called. Like I want to, I want to call it a bowl cut <laughs> from from like back in the old days, like in the early nineties, when like your mom would just put a bowl on your head and yeah. cut your hair like a mushroom cap. I'll ask Jordan what that's called. But uh, I know it's not that because it's totally different. But anyways, the primaries are always fun on the uh, state level because you get some candidates from all over the political spectrum and there's a lot of really funny stuff to look at and there's a guy running on ours for u.s senate uh to challenge uh, maria cantwell whose name is good space guy no spaces just one word good space guy and i was interested in the validity of that name and so i looked him up and he's a very very interesting character he has kind of a weird thanos style population control policy Hmm. where he wants to put a uh like basically a birth tax and make people pay for having babies 
Really? Yeah, to help lower the Earth's population because it's way overpopulated, which is another reason he also believes heavily that we need to be focusing a majority of our efforts politically to colonizing space. Hence the word good space guy. <clears throat> colonizing space. Huh? Yes. But his original name was Michael George Nelson, and he legally added... That's his birth name, yeah, Michael George he, Nelson. Yeah, and then he added... So he didn't change his name. He just added to his name, Good Space Guy. So in 2006, he became Michael George Good Space Guy Nelson. He's run for office, public office, more than 12 times. Damn. And has never gone anywhere, of course. Never won. Uh, I think the most he ever got was a 9% vote uh, for a Seattle commission race in 2015 um, during a primary he won 24,000 votes, which is approximately 9% of the vote. So, of course, that's didn't get bad. him anywhere. No, but that's kind of scary that good space <laughs> guy. Could, it is Seattle, so People that does People are concerned about the colonization of space. That's why the Space Force exists. Or the is going Space to Force. Exist. I can't wait for the Space Force. I'll sign up. Look at Patty Murray. Not really. Head. I know. That's it's bad news. Interesting. She's... She's got a. She's she she's so concerned with politics, Don. She doesn't care. She doesn't. She doesn't have time no. to worry about a haircut. No, she don't care. Donovan, don't be ridiculous. <laughs> oh. She doesn't have time for such trivial fucking matters. Yeah, as a haircut, <laughs> like me, because as you can see in the Twitter videos that are going to be posted, I cut all my hair off except yeah. for my beard. My beard is longer than my hair now. I forgot again until like halfway through. I'm I'm fucking so bad. Without <laughs> taking pictures and shit. Uh, I'm glad you just said something because I'm going to have to do that too. <laughs> so back to the crazy primaries. I'm just going to yeah. talk about uh, two more. Yes. Uh, one of them is really quick. Uh, guy, fuck Democrat, fuck Republican. Yeah. The F <laughs> FDFR party. His name is uh, Brad Chase. And he's running in the a party he created himself called Fuck Democrat, Fuck Republican. And I can't wait to see how much of the vote he gets. What is he running on? Like, do you have any of his political ideas or anything like that? No. Oh. No, he's kind of a ghost. Nobody really... I'm not really... I mean, he's not really worth the effort, to be honest. When you have the, the balls enough to just call your political party, fuck Democrat, fuck Republican. I don't know You're never who you are. Win. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but then there's another one. Uh, where is it? Steve Hoffman is running for the Freedom Socialist Party. And the Freedom Socialist Party is a very, very interesting, hardcore socialist uh, it sounds like political it. party. <laughs> it sounds like it. They are technically a feminist uh, socialist party. With and, a male candidate. Yes, with a male candidate, which is interesting. A male feminist. But let's go to their website here. What are the roots of the FSP's ideas? Oh, yes. Uh, we are Trotskyist. Socialist Feminist Party. What is Trotskyist? Trotskyist, uh, it's a form of communism, I believe. Hmm. Um, but w we are revolutionary. In uh, I'm not even trying to pronounce that, but they're they are hardcore communists, basically, that believe that the only way to get to true communism is to have a a socialist uh, middle ground before you move on to the perfect hmm. communist utopia. Socialist middle ground. So you have to go from capitalism move. to socialism to hardcore uh, communism. 
Because, I mean, they understand that there's no way communism would work in America. So they have yeah. to kind of like butter us up first and, you know, probably uh, kill a bunch of people in the meantime and, you know, make everybody nice little communists. Word. Yeah, it's very interesting. Wow. But yeah, they're very, very feminist in all of their doctrines. They have a wonderful um, uh, FAQ page, the, the Frequently <laughs> Asked Questions. Oh, man, it is a... It is a party in the freedom socialist party i'll tell you that that's much. funny but that's all i gotta say about that i don't want to get into too many other ones there's a there's a party called the human rights party which i've been looking up um the stand-up america party which is really interesting because it was a party that's actually a 501c4 nonprofit organization that was founded just weeks after the 2016 election and their sole purpose is to resist donald trump's agenda it was started by a Facebook group by a guy named Sean Eldridge. And, you know, they're just basically, their whole platform is basically just to stand up against the Donald Trump agenda. So that's the, weird. Yeah, those are some people that are running for that's not a local any election. Way to win anything. No. Yeah, they're a 501c4 nonprofit. I just, I guess, a political party technically is a nonprofit because all you're really doing is paying people that are on the payroll and then all the money you raise is then thrown into campaign fundraisers and yeah. you know parties and all that good <clears throat> stuff but that's literally that's how exciting my life is is that is my pop culture that's for the pretty week. interesting man. <laughs> it's fun when you just take a step back and just don't really look at it seriously did you listen to or watch anything else uh, no, I just been list. I've been trying to catch up a lot on Joe Rogan. Yeah, he's had some really interesting people on lately, so I've been Hamilton trying to Morris? get through those. Did you listen to that? Uh, who is he? Hamilton Morris is. Uh, he has a show on Viceland called Hamilton Pharmacopoeia. That's, that's the one I'm listening to right oh, now. He's so rad, man. He knows everything oh about God. chemistry. Good he's Lord. so rad. He's so he has the most interesting view on drugs. I think. Yeah. Um, where he said that like. He had snorted heroin one time, and um, that it's it's about so drugs are not about even like the experience or being safe, right? He was like, drugs are about the freedom to have the choice to do something that's dangerous and make that choice yourself, right? He was like, and that's like a true that to me is like is a true like 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 I said earlier, like classical liberal, like libertarian idea, you know, that yeah. it is your choice to do something dangerous. And he said people people get to like bungee jump and skydive and shit like that. He said, and that's legal, he said, because people enter into it with the understanding that it's dangerous. You yeah, know, you usually got to sign a waiver. He says, why should you not look at drugs the same way? Inform people about it. And then if... If they do something dangerous, then that's your own fault. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. I thought that was so interesting. It's like, a push on personal responsibility that I think is rather refreshing. Yeah. Because, yeah, I don't think, you know, if you want to talk the dangers of drugs, let's talk about alcohol, for God's sake. That's sakes. what he kept talking about. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's that alcohol is just is way more dangerous. And the only drug that we know that... It's delicious, too. That the... Withdrawals can literally kill you. Like mm -hmm. the only drug where the withdrawals can literally kill you is alcohol. Is alcohol. Yeah. Well, if he says so, 
I'll, I'll, I'll defer yeah. to his I opinion. I was like, that's crazy as fuck. Like, and I suggest that everybody listens to that episode of Joe Rogan with Hamilton Morris. Yeah, if anything, just to get another perspective. So fucking interesting. Because I didn't necessarily agree with everything he said, but I loved the way that he looked at it. You know, I just mm-hmm. thought it was so fucking interesting. Interesting view. I like that shit. And I don't... I want to say it was last week, so I might have missed the ball on it, but this is kind of pop culture news. When all the articles about Anthony Bourdain's um, toxicology report coming back saying there's no drugs Nothing in the in system. system. It's like, why does that fucking even matter? Yeah. Why does that matter? <clears throat> what are you trying to do here? What are you trying to prove? And they talked about that it too. pisses like, me off. Even if he had anything in his system like that, it still doesn't tell you why. You know, Mm-mm. that doesn't answer any questions. Like, that doesn't tell, him, tell you the motive or anything like that. It just no. tells you that he had drugs in his system. Yeah. Like, that's it, you know? Period. And, and that doesn't mean anything. Like, no. And it's, I just don't understand the hype behind it. Yeah. I, I probably watched, I think I watched one clip of the Joe Rogan Experience clip show that they put out. Because um, Ted Nugent was on this week. Yes. Yeah, that was a big episode. That was, I haven't listened to yeah. that yet. I'm not a huge fan of Ted Nugent. Me neither, but I'm going to listen to this one. Yeah. Because if there's anybody that's just going to have a straight-ass talk with a guy, it's going to be Rogan. And uh, just the clip I had watched because they had said something about Bourdain. They're talking about when Bourdain went down to do a show with him, and I, they did the whole uh, basically Ted Nugent's killing grill thing. Where go on out. his property. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing about if you ever watch Bourdain, he, he at one point had a hard time killing an animal to eat it. Yeah. And it's not that it was not that way towards the end of his life. I just watched him hunt a deer just the other day when I was watching it. Oh yeah, he became a. I think he got a little bit more into hunting as time went by. He was in like Scotland or something. Oh, it was yeah. a sheep. That's what it yeah. was. It was a sheep in Scotland. He had a, he had an amazing episode. I can't remember where it went, but it was some like river town in the middle of the jungle. It took it takes like two days to get there by boat and all this stuff and. Uh, as part of the celebration for getting there, they had to, they're going to kill a pig and do a pig roast and everything. And so he went down with this spear and did it just like they've been doing it for hundreds of years and killed the pig right then and there yeah. and described all his emotions while they're going on it and just basically just being this cold, you know, tucked away, you know, just go deep inside and you listen to this thing scream and you're just numb to the world and just doing what you have to do to get the food on the table. Do you remember the time you ate butthole? Uh, in Africa, yeah, yeah. Hey, oh butthole. God, yeah. Pretty it's gnarly. Like, <clears throat> it's like what is this, some Zimmerman shit? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that was yeah. We can wrap up pop the pop culture. culture. Work. So you had one more, right? I had one to take us into sports. So we'll, sports. That's what we'll call it because uh, we'll just go into it. Sports. Janoris Jenkins. Okay. Right? Who is? Oh my fucking god. I just deleted my thing. Oh, no, you didn't. Just give me one second because I can go to recently deleted. Boom. I can. That's the um, problem with technology, people. Yeah. You start working on your own. I'm really sorry about this, everybody. You can accidentally ruin an entire podcast worth of news articles just by accidentally in an X. It's a terrible, terrible thing. And so we're going to do a little uh, recover. Notes. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, you're um, good. I, okay. I'm just going to sit here and riff. There it is. Notes. And Boom. Okay. We're in. So, we're back into yeah, sports. I'm really sorry about that, guys. So, Janoris <laughs> Jenkins, um, who is a corner for the Giants, right? He's at minicamp in Florida, and they found a dead body in his house. Whoa. Yeah. So, there's a dead body in New Jersey, right? He lives in New Jersey because he plays for the Giants, but he's at minicamp. In Florida, 
right? So his brother lives at his house, and there's also another guy who's a music producer there, and it turns out that his brother got into an altercation with this music producer, and somehow the guy died, because that's not clear yet. <laughs> Norris Jenkins, his brother, William Jenkins, right? William Jenkins Jr., um, he also was on parole from a drug charge in 2011, and he fled the state and went to another state, which you can't do because you're on parole. And so he got arrested in New York and then got brought back to New Jersey. And that's when they found the dead body in his house. Oh, and boy. And so they're trying to figure out exactly how that happened. Janoris Jenkins is still in Florida. Minicamp ended two weeks ago. <sighs> and, yeah, his lawyers advised that he stay in Florida. Yeah, it might be a good idea. So A little so, separation there. It's probably real healthy. <clears throat> yeah, so we'll see what happens with that. But... Janoris Jenkins' his brother is in custody and has been charged, I think, with aggravated manslaughter um, for killing of that music producer. Hey, man, you can't pick your family. You know, it's a, uh, it's like what we were talking about on the ferry the other day. That dude that you know that we won't really talk about. Yeah, you know, you have a, you know, you can't be responsible for every member of your family if somebody does something heinous and disturbing. That's not your fault. No, no one's fault. It's not your fault. It's just the way the cards are dealt, man. Yeah. You know, everybody's a different person. Just because they're part of your family doesn't mean shit. Right. You know, people, your family can do horrible things and just as un, as unexpected as anyone else. You never know. So, <clears throat> um, I may or may not have talked about this last week, but Jameis Winston, um, the quarterback for the Buccaneers, he... Earlier in the week, they were talking about him being suspended for three games, excuse me, in connection with a sexual assault allegation from 2016, where he he assaulted an Uber driver, right? Yep. Excuse me. And so it's now he is going to be suspended for the first three games. And I believe that Ryan Fitzpatrick is still the quarterback in Tampa Bay, or the backup quarterback in Tampa Bay. So I think that Ryan Fitzpatrick will be there for the first three games. He's pretty uh, solid, isn't he? He's all right. He's, I mean, you know, he's, yeah. he's, he's not a starter anymore, but um, yeah. he'll have to be for the first three games. So um, we'll see about that. He, First and foremost, I'd like to say I'm sorry to the Uber driver for the position I put you in, Winston said. It is uncharacteristic of me, and I genuinely apologize. And the past two and a half years of my life has been filled with experiences, opportunities, and events that have helped me grow, mature, and learn, including the fact that I have eliminated alcohol from my life. So, it's, I believe that he, like, accepted that he did that, and now is just taking the punishment, mm-hmm. which is not good, obviously. Um, now, he's going to play the... Uh He's gonna, you know, try to pay his his penance and just try to keep his head down, probably, and try to get as little punishment as possible. Just lay low, apologize, and move on. Yeah. Previously, Winston had denied the allegations. In a statement Thursday, he did not. Instead, apologizing for the driver to the driver and saying he no longer drinks alcohol. So he's now accepting that this is something that he did. So. Uh, Jameis Winston, hopefully, he's getting his shit together. Uh, mm-hmm. Not doing anything like that. You know, he seems like a good guy. Um, Except when he drinks, apparently. He, yep. And some people are like that. You know, some oh, people yeah. are not in a place where they can. I've had friendships end over just the f- simple fact that you can't handle yourself as a person when you drink alcohol. Yeah. I, I do not accept that at all. It's a choice that you make to drink. 
Yes. And when you drink, you become a terrible human being. And that's on you. And that is 100% on you. If that's your reaction to alcohol, you do not have to drink. Right. So, yeah. Or you can have, you know, a beer. You know, you like yeah. there's. Don't get drunk, uh, maybe. How about that? Yeah. Uh, no, no hate on my brother, Michael, uh, or my brother in law, Michael, but when he drinks, he blacks out like all the time. Um, <laughs> and when he gets super duper drunk, he turns into a guy named Big Mike. <laughs> Big Mike is a fucking dick. Like, it, nobody likes Big Mike. Oh. And, and Michael knows that. And it's, you know, it's not always bad. Like, it's not. And Big Mike does not always show up, but every once in a while, you Ever see now. Big Mike and you're like, God, you're such a fucking douchebag. It's like <laughs> when the tequila starts flowing. And, and Michael's a great fucking guy. Like, I don't, I could not be any happier to have. Michael is my brother-in-law. We spend all kinds of time together and we're, you know, I love brother. I love Michael. It's, he takes amazing care of Jordan's sister and I think he's going to be a great father. Like I've got nothing bad to say about him, you know, so she just gets fucked up sometimes and blacks yeah, out and turns into Big Mike. Like it's just, it's a thing that happens, you know, and yeah. now that we know that we do our best to just curb that and make sure that she doesn't go too bad. So I had a buddy um, I used to serve with back in the day that when he got really drunk, uh, Dr. Kenneth Noisewater came out. Yes, Dr. Kenneth Noisewater. Oh, yes. And he was not, I mean, he was kind of a dick, but it was always a funny dick. Like he was just dickish enough to make everybody laugh and lighten the mood. And then for the rest of the night, he was Dr. <laughs> Kenneth Noisewater. That's a great name. And that was, yeah, I don't even know who came up with it. I don't even know if it was him that came up with it. So every now and again, you get a happy little coincidence where somebody changes into someone else, and it's not a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. That's funny. Yeah. Dr. Kenneth Noisewater, you will always live on in, in my memory. Shout out, dude. That's great. I got to yeah, I gotta get a hold of the guy and see if... Because uh, <laughs> that's so funny. We got to have a phone call on the podcast, because when we played that voicemail on the podcast, it sounded, yeah, it sounded it really good. So we could... Zeke, if you're interested... Let us know because I told him that he could be the first phone call. So maybe we'll give it a try sometime. That would be cool. That would be cool. Just talk to him for a couple minutes, you know. Um, but we'll keep going with sports. Um, again, I don't know whether or not I have this for this week or last week, but the, but the Browns signed an offensive tackle, Greg Robinson. He was a second overall pick uh, when he got drafted. So that's really good. The Browns are doing shit. The Browns are really doing shit. You yeah. Know? It's going to be interesting. I feel like all the time they're adding new pieces. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, and then the Vikings, they have a D-end, Danielle Hunter. He re-signed for five years, 72 milli, oh. 40 guaranteed. Uh, the Vikings defense is boss as fuck. Yeah. So that doesn't surprise me uh, in the least. Are they the number one right now? The Vikings? Yeah, or last season, I guess. Who was the number one defense last year? It might have been the Vikings. Uh, the Eagles also had a wicked ass defense last year. Um, who else? The Chargers had a pretty good defense last year. Not the best though. Uh -huh. um, the, the Ravens. The Ravens had a great fucking defense last year. Um, yeah, Vikings. The Ravens. The, and the solid Eagles. solid picks yeah, maybe. Probably in those. I'm trying three. to I'm trying to pregame my picks here. Yeah. <laughs> um, those ones were good. And this year, the Chargers will be good again. Um, the Hawks probably won't be that good, which sucks really bad. Yeah, um, it's going to be a rough year, I think. The Texans, I think, will be good because they added Tyron Matthews, so they've got another really strong safety out there. Um, but the Texans are always pretty good when it comes to defense with J.J. Watt. Mm -hmm. um, that man is a brick wall. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
they also have Jadavian Clowney. So them those two on the line together is just ridiculous. Um, who else do I think is going to be good this year when it comes to defenses? Do 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 yeah. do. <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't know. I'll think we'll about see. that. Yeah, because yeah. I know those ones for sure. Uh, when but, draft season is coming up, or fantasy draft season is coming up soon, right? Yes. Yeah, I'm going to start getting a final head count together because we do the draft in the second to last season or the second to last week of preseason. Um, so we do it week three of preseason and then we move on from there because week four of preseason is when they do the final cuts. So no starters play that week. So week three is when you'll get the biggest look at the people who are going to play that year. And so we'll do it that week. Okay. Um, and we'll do the draft. We'll do the same type of deal. We'll do it at my house, have a barbecue, and do a live draft and everything. That'll be and fun. Be sick as fuck. Hey, he's home. Um, so, but I'll think about that. I'll have to think back to last year, um, the defenses and shit. Um, but that's all that I have for sports. Uh, James Harden won the 2018 MVP, which. Yeah, a lot of really controversial. The book, LeBron James probably should have got that. I can guarantee Denzel oh, thinks that. Yeah. Um, but oh, Epidolex. This is not a sports thing, but Epidolex um, is a drug, and it's been approved for testing. And it's the first cannabis-derived yes. drug, and it's being used for two different kinds of epilepsy, and specifically on children. I like so, that. That's something to be looking out for. Um, do you have anything else to add, or are we ready to get the fuck out of here? Um, I'm ready for a one-liner. All right. <clears throat> well, I have one here, and then i got to start watching the show again so that I can get it. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't even want to say that. Well, it's too late now. Whoops. Uh, i got to start looking at my sources again to get more. There you so, go. So, you know, Colin, now that we're done, I'm, I'm just I'm going to go back to the bar. And I'm going to go back to the glory hole because that's something that I can wrap around. <laughs> Donovan, you and your fucking glory holes. 